0: Hello, everybody. Is there anybody in there? Hello, everybody. Just not if you can hear me. Oh, here we
1: are, Mr. Chase, episode 97 of the Unfiltered Supporter Show. Three
2: away from the big
1: one. The big one hundy. The and big it, one. This is a big week this week. We got some big stuff coming up.
2: How big? Is it a huge show?
1: Well, uh, maybe, actually. It might actually be a ridiculously huge show. Uh, some massive NSA stuff came out this week that we're going to get into in the main show. Because uh, uh, Glenn Greenwald's new book is out, and uh, as you would expect, as was promised, actually, there is some bomb health in there, and uh, I think you're going to find it all quite fascinating. Are you excited? Yeah. Tell the folks about what we've been doing.
2: I'm sorry, I'm in a coma right now.
1: Food coma, Chase?
2: Uh, we've been having a lot of meat,
1: a lot of... Go ahead. That was weird. The music just stopped. Yeah, I soloed your mic for a second because oh. I wanted to hear your line, see if there's <coughs> any noise.
2: Oh, okay. No, uh, we had meat today, uh, courtesy of the uh, is tasty webcam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was de- good. It was delicious. It was delicious. You don't. You have some incredible cut- cutlery.
1: You know. Thanks. I got it on Amazon. It's very good. Thank you. Thank you. It's Other good for than cutting meat, yeah, cutting cutting some meat, meat cutting. I like I like cutting meat, meat. Uh, let's see. Uh, hey, would you mind uh d- d- down in that uh, monitor there because it's getting a little cattywampus on us. It's just getting a little uh, aggressive. So where should we start today on the clips? You know, I have a few things. I have a a few areas that pertain to my interest, Chase. Um, let's see. Gosh, we got so much to cover this week. I kind of I I want to start with a personal indulgence. Oh, um <laughs> you know I just I I find this whole following the race to uh to um to Hillary essentially. Oh, there's the barbecue cam. There's the there, I there, I got the barbecue cam right so there. So we got more meat on the cam? Well, we could if if I was prepared for that. Oh. Yeah, but we don't have any will be you know what we should be doing right now because the coals are simmering. We should have s'mores on that.
2: Yes. And they would be perfect. They They'd be would be perfect by the end of the show.
1: So my guilty pleasure this week has been uh, this crap that Hillary Clinton is getting. Your buddy, Hillary Clinton.
2: Well oh, no, no, no. Bill's my buddy. Hillary is just a side effect.
1: Right, right. Right. Uh so
2: I don't have a cutout of Hillary at my house.
1: Do you remember when um she uh fell and got a concussion and she had to delay the Benghazi oh, that's hearings? That's right, yeah, yeah.
2: She got hurt conveniently timed.
1: Do you remember that she wore special glasses with lines on her for people that have had an injury? Yep, that's right. Well, we kind of scoffed at we're like, hmm, that's kind of odd at the time. Well, Karl Rove came out this week and is like, I think Hillary has brain damage,
3: y'all. What?
4: Did Republican strategist Carl Rove say Hillary Clinton may have brain damage?
3: So during a conference last week week, Karl Rove said voters need to know the truth about Mrs. Clinton's health if she decides to run for president. The New York Post is reporting that uh, that Rove was talking about Clinton's treatment after Mm -hmm. she suffered a fall and a concussion in December of 2012. The Post reports that Rove said 30 days in the hospital and when she reappears, she's wearing glasses that are only for people who have traumatic brain injury. We need to know what's up with that.
4: Quick fact check here for you. Hillary Clinton spent three days in the hospital, not 30. She did wear glasses with special lenses for a short time after she had that concussion. A spokesman said they helped her temporary vision problems. And a couple of hours ago, Rove seemed to walk it back a bit, saying he never used the words brain damage and he was just asking overall questions about Clinton's health.
5: I never use that I never no I never use that phrase I never use that phrase but he had a serious never. episode a serious health episode
1: you know actually to his credit he didn't say that phrase he said there's some questions we have to ask he didn't actually say brain damage which is what they're all jumping all over So so point. who who uh, pulled the <clears throat> quote
2: initially well,
1: um, it was a quote that he gave at a talk uh, that says, you know, it, they, they, I think they read it, didn't they? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, they read it. Yeah, he never actually used the word brain damage. I'm just saying. I'm yeah. not defending what he said, but I'm just saying he never said, he never said those words. Right?
5: And I don't know about you, but if you go through a serious health episode, it causes you to look at life a little bit differently. And, I mean, this was a serious deal. I mean, she, she basically is out of action from she's in and out of the office for starting on the 7th of December after she returns. She returns on a Friday from the Czech Republic, but then it begins a. Over a month-long uh, period, where she's she's got a serious illness, ending up putting her in the hospital. We don't know what the what the doctor said about you know what does she have to be concerned about. We don't know about what, but I mean, she's hidden a lot of.
3: All right, that hardly seems to qualify as walking things back. So let's talk about this with Lanny Davis. He's a lawyer, crisis manager, former White House crisis manager, counsel for President Bill Clinton. <laughs> also with <laughs> us are senior political correspondent Brianna Keeler, hey who Brianna, all things Hillary Clinton for us. Uh, and Brianna, let me just ask right off the bat here: What does the Clinton team? I can't call it the Clinton campaign, <laughs> but what does the Clinton team say about all this right
6: now? Uh, they're knocking Karl Rove. Uh... Very uh, hard on this, I would say, from a a spokesperson for Hillary Clinton. He says, Karl Rove has deceived the country for years, but there are no words for this level of lying. As to her health, she is 100%, period. And uh, I've heard that from many people in her camp. uh, Wait, wait,
2: That's a double period. Uh, What I have been, this, by the way... She is 100%.
6: Every single
1: news network is running this on double time in their morning and evening shows. The Hillary campaign is fighting back super hard on this. Yeah, because they don't want to have
2: any doubts that when she does run, which we know she's going to run, that anybody could bring up during the campaign that there's health issues. Do
1: you think the hypersensitivity could indicate perhaps there is some truth to it? She was wearing glasses that have these specific corrective lines on them for people who are having some sort of problem.
2: You know, I don't like to put on my conspiracy hat so early in the day, especially right. after I had so first, much good meat.
1: First clip of the day, Chase. I know. It's, <laughs> it's very early.
2: It's very early for me to do so. Yeah. But you always look at the reactions, right? And the reactions here are really, really strong. Super strong, Chase. Why? I mean, and why have them so strong? I mean, Carl Rove have gone out and, and said things for many times, and no one has reacted this strongly. So if you have something this strong in a reaction— it kind of makes you wonder, makes you ponder a little bit, especially when they're running it morning and evening. Yeah, oh, it even boy. came up on
1: it even came up uh, on like uh, some of just the regular like uh, non political shows. And I think what's particularly interesting about it is here is what I think is happening. I was going to wait till after the clip, but I'll just tell you now that maybe you can think about this while the rest of the clip plays. I think Carl Rove is a very strategic man. And oh he, yeah! And Karl Rove was considered Bush's brain, right? He was considered. He, he's the. He's people go to him when they need some really clever stuff pulled off for their campaign. Right. So here's what I'm thinking: Karl Rove is realizing that, and this is something I've been realizing too. And so I'm projecting a little bit here, but as we build up to 2016, yeah. as we get ready for a hill dog run, yeah, there is this massive build up. This, 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 this something I'm seeing across all media spectrums about um, sexism. Oh And a lot of stuff that's anti Hillary is being sort of automatically labeled as sexist. Just because she's female. So I, I would suspect that Carl Rove is just like just picking, like picking something else that has
2: nothing to do with gender.
1: And getting the early Savo in before this, this whole sexism meme right. is really built to its full volume. And yeah. I and I and I don't mean to demean the sexism issues that are out there. Because they're, like, they're there. Just I mean like, we've heard them. That just the Obama campaign often would paint people who disagreed with him as potentially racist. They wouldn't right. say they were racist, but they would ask the question, are they being racist? Now the Hillary campaign is going to play the sexism card because that works so good for the Obama campaign. It just makes good marketing sense. That's, that's how <laughs> these guys think. So I think Karl Rove sees the way that tide is going and says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get these questions and I'm going to get this conversation started right now before I'm going to get labeled as a sexist.
2: Yeah, but... Starting at this early in the process, though, really, this mm. is really early. I mean, this is like I, I unprecedented g- early.
1: Well, I mean, they've already—it's already been going. I mean, this—this—this this, yeah. this is big well, money now. It, well,
2: it is a perpetual
1: circle jerk, if industry. you will. Yeah, it's a whole so entire industry. Think of right? that as we play out the rest of this yes. clip. This
6: was a a serious episode at the time uh, of concern that at this moment her health is is very good. There
1: you go. That was the rest of it. So they're just saying this. Hell hey, special good.
2: trivia. Did you notice who the co-anchor was? Dude, dude,
1: dude, dude, dude. Uh, uh, What's her face from Tech TV? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Blanket on her name. Uh, right
2: ZD TV, Tech TV. Come on, you know who she is. Uh, I you do. know who she is. Uh, I know Michaela, who
1: she. Is. Michaela Pereira. Wait, wait. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> I got it. Yay. look at yeah,
2: me. Yeah, Michaela Pereira, formerly of. Uh, uh, the Fox affiliate in and Los Angeles. 40 pounds later.
7: Uh, oh. All right. So
1: uh, your good buddy uh, Clinton comes out and says, "Oh, look, she's in great shape. No, she's
7: doing pretty good." Hillary Clinton hits the speaking circuit without mentioning the political firestorm swirling around her. But her husband did. Yes. Clinton addressed the American Jewish Committee uh, forum in Washington D.C. today. She did not respond to Republican strategist Karl Rove's comments that she may have suffered a serious brain injury. But here's what Bill Clinton said about his wife's health at a different event here.
8: She works out every week. She is strong. She she's is doing great. Doing great. As far as I can tell, she's in better shape than I am. She certainly seems to have more stamina. <laughs> she now. has more cheeseburgers. And uh, there's nothing to it. Right. It, it, I didn't even, I, I was sort of dumbfounded. Right. They went to all this trouble <laughs> to say, that she had staged what well, was a terrible concussion that required six months of very serious—
1: Now, to his point uh, here, what he's saying is, back during the Benghazi hearings, the Republican conspiracy was, oh, she's faking it. She's faking it to avoid uh, having to go to these hearings. Now, now it's, not only was she not faking it, but it was way worse than she was telling us. It's, it's a big flip.
8: Work to get over. Right. Something she never lowballed with the American people, never tried to pretend didn't happen. Now they say she's really got brain damage. <laughs> you think they're just If she does, to? then I must be in really tough shape because she's still quicker than I am. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, because,
2: you know, I need to stay married to her.
1: Because if I don't... I just need to get back in that office so I bad. I want to be the first man <laughs> so I, bad. I need to be in that office right now. It, oh, I miss I, it so much. I miss the bowling alley. <laughs> Uh, I miss
2: (laughs) miss it so
8: bad.
1: Uh, All right. Okay. So we got a lot of drone stuff. Drones. But I think we only have one uh, Ukraine story in the pre-show, so why don't we get that out of the way right now? Vlad takes his victory lap in Crimea was play that
9: tensions with Russia and a massive show of military might this morning similar to the Soviet days a huge military parade as President Vladimir Putin arrives in Crimea weeks after it became part of Russia again ABC's Terry Moran is right there in Crimea with the story good morning to you Terry
10: good morning President Putin has just arrived in this historic Russian naval port until a couple of weeks ago it was part of Ukraine now claimed by Russia This is a day of extraordinary personal triumph for Putin in the face of Western sanctions and criticism. He's taking what amounts to a defiant victory lap.
1: Now, that may be very well true, but let's keep in mind that the people in Crimea voted for the separation.
10: They
2: wanted to be annexed by Russia.
1: Overwhelmingly voted.
2: Like, by a huge margin. It was not no twisted elections. It was legitimate and, and they voted for it and they wanted and even it.
1: if there was fraud the overall majority was so strong that it really is sort of irrelevant and the, and, and now is did, did, did Moscow have a hand in that vote likely yeah, sure why not but the way this article the, the way this news piece is, is framing this is it, it was literally all the master stroke of Vlad and now this is and that he stole Crimea and now yeah.
2: he's, he's and now he's coming to strut and now he's throwing it in our face that he got it
10: It began this morning in Moscow. Putin, flanked by his generals and political deputies, presided over a show of military might that echoed Soviet displays during the Cold War. 11,000 troops, 150 military vehicles and missiles, 70 aircraft roaring overhead. This day is sacred to Russians. It marks the country's victory over Nazi Germany in a war that killed 20 million here. All right. So all you, right whoa, whoa, whoa,
2: see- whoa, whoa, whoa. That's that. We do not need to overlook that for a moment.
1: That's actually what the event's about, you mean? Yes. Yeah, I know, right? Yes. It's actually why he's there. Right. And and the, and the Russians wow. made, uh, if, if, you, if you review World War II history... The human sacrifice that the Russians made. During, they
2: made huge, huge sacrifices. If it wasn't
1: for their human sacrifices, World War II likely would not have been won by the allies, right? And, and we would have been screwed. That's And so, that, I know, but they're framing this as a yeah, victory Yeah, but, but that's the thing. You guys, pay attention
2: here. The whole story was set up in the very beginning as Russia's victory lap. Russia's victory lap, Chase. That that how how dare they come into Crimea and take it over and and make it a part of Russia. (laughs) Right. That's that's the whole premise of the setup. Wild
1: Putin. And
2: look what they're doing. They brought in 15,000 troops and 70 airplanes and missiles and people on the ground. Right. But really what it's about, it's about reflecting on their history of a major historical event. Right. And and. Something we could do a little more of, Right. Too. And what ABC News here is doing, I mean, gosh, you guys, I hope you're paying attention.
10: We will protect Russia, its glorious history, and first and foremost, we will serve our homeland, Putin told the adoring crowd. He is riding sky high right now, even presiding over a Russian missile launch, part of rare nuclear weapons exercises yesterday. But for all his chest thumping and defiance, Putin seems to have stepped back from these armed forces, pro-Russian separatists in eastern Ukraine who are planning an independence referendum on Sunday, even though Putin has now called for it to be canceled and claimed he's pulling back Russian troops from the border. So those
1: those facts right there don't overall fit the narrative that they're pitching here. So Putin publicly says don't hold the referendum, uh, says he's pulling back the troops. Well, that could still be debated if that's actually happening or not again. I, I feel like I need to reiterate this every few episodes. I am not a Putin fan. I am not Mr. Moscow over here that just loves everything they're doing. Right. He's a bad guy. Him and his cronies are sucking Russia dry. he He's probably been illegally elected from the most I can tell. I mean, he's a bad person, yeah. right? Yeah. So is every other politician we deal
10: with. <laughs> That's right. Though U.S. and NATO officials still say they've seen no sign of it. While other parts of Ukraine remain deeply divided on the edge of civil war, this city is strongly pro-Russian. They feel they have come home to Mother Russia. And to the people here, Vladimir Putin is a hero. You see the
1: uh, warships in the background there?
10: But those are Moscow's. Just yeah, saying. yeah,
2: I mean, they're there for historical reflection. They're there for historical celebration. And it was kind of twisted. Yeah, it
1: was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's been some. I end, haven't, of, end of line. I have been, uh, k- I've been tapering off on my drone coverage. I don't know if you've noticed.
2: Well, there hasn't been much to talk about lately. There's,
1: well, it's kind of well, there wasn't for a while. Yeah, and that's when I tapered it off. It's picked back up, and I haven't Are, really been. Is, is this
2: the uh, about the unmanned plane that went up to about three thousand feet and disrupted air travel?
1: Uh, That one? I have. I think I have that story. Now, are you talking about the one out of Florida? Are you talking about the uh, the one out of Florida? I'll play that.
9: It was a near miss over the skies of Florida back in March when an American Airlines regional jet almost collided with an unmanned drone. It was a 50 seat jet approaching Tallahassee Airport versus something the pilot of the jet described as a camouflage F 4 fixed wing aircraft. Archie's Nicholas O'Donovan reports on the potential dangers planes face more and more as drones take off.
11: That drones are more and more frequent in American skies is a fact. For instance, the US law enforcement is greatly expanding its use of domestic drones for surveillance purposes. The Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, knows that this is a growing problem and is acting in consequence. But as it frequently happens with new technologies, or in this case new industries, there are no specific or no tough guidelines yet for that We'll have to wait till September 2015 when the FAA will set the new rules for drone flying. Uh, by the way, today... That
1: drone shot in particular, by the way, was from Seattle. That was from the Seattle drone footage. Oh,
2: really?
11: Yeah. yeah. At the White House Secretary of Transportation, Anthony Renard Fox, said that, said that there is currently two active testing sites for drone flying in America. In the meantime, the FAA does have some broad rules that require anyone flying model airplanes to notify uh, uh, um, airport operators and controllers when flying within five miles of any airport. It's also required uh, for recreational drone users to fly under certain safety guidelines including uh, that the drone remains below 400 feet. But in many cases, these rules are just not enough. And we saw this uh, in the case of a a jet that nearly collided uh, with a drone over Florida earlier this year. The pilot of that American airline group regional jet told officials that on March 22nd, he came dangerously close to a small remotely piloted aircraft about 23,000 feet above the ground. And all of this happened near the Tallahassee.
2: It's not 23,000 feet. It's 2300 feet, but continue.
11: 23,000 feet? No. Regional airport here in the state of Florida. We don't exactly know what kind of drone it was, if it was a, a private drone, a commercial drone, or even an official one. We also don't know if uh, it all happened within that five-mile range that we were talking about. In other occasions, uh, such as an incident involving a US aircraft, uh, uh, the pilot described sighting uh, flying objects uh, that were small and camouflaged, uh, (laughs) type uh, of uh, F4-type fixed-wing aircraft. Anyways, uh, the truth is that the lack of regulation and and of control creates dangerous situations.
2: Be careful, Chris. All
1: right, I got Be another careful. I got another drone story for you. Drone Air. It's like, hey, drones are good, y'all. Remember those schoolgirls?
5: The United States is now searching for those kidnapped Nigerian schoolgirls. Manned American spy planes are combing Nigeria for the more than 200 girls abducted nearly four weeks ago from the town of Chibok. Drones can do Today, it. Today, we saw them for the first time in a hostage video. The terror group Boko Haram wants the Nigerian government to release its members held in prison.
1: How embarrassing is it when you stand in front of your green screen and you forget to turn on the chroma key setting? <clears throat> right? They forgot to put in the fake uh, African background. Uh, Look at that. He's just standing in front of a green screen. Um, hold on. You know what I could do real quick?
2: I, I, you're not going to give him a background. Why
1: don't we? Let's uh, let's. Uh, are, what you
2: are you going to key it on the fly here?
1: Why don't we? Why don't we go in there? Uh, and uh, we could add him to, like, some place in Africa, don't you think?
2: <laughs> there we go. No, 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 no. Put him in Seattle, man. Put him in Seattle.
1: All right. Well, so there's, uh, here's, there he is in space.
2: <laughs> <There he> is.
1: <laughs> Uh, let's uh, change that. I don't like that space background though. There we go. There you go. So now that is a terrorist I'm going to listen to. Absolutely. Right? That's a terrorist because he turns on his chromo key. Right? That's I- right. Yeah. I don't know if he's you're not li- if you're not watching the video version, you might want to because that's that's worth it, right? There. I mean,
2: yeah. You put him in space. You know. I mean, it
1: works. It does, and he's much scarier. Much yeah, scarier. Much scarier. <laughs> All right. Continuing on.
5: Or it says the girls will never be seen again. We have two reports. First, David Martin at the Pentagon.
0: Surveillance missions flown by manned aircraft have already begun, and the Pentagon is considering adding unmanned drones to the search. The nearest drone base is in the country of Niger, next door to Nigeria. Oh, convenient. They were sent there last year to fly north and search for militants operating in Mali. Oh, I wonder if that was Coney. To aid in the search for the girls, the drones, which are unarmed, would have to fly hundreds of miles east over the part of Nigeria where Boko Haram is based. At the same time, U.S. intelligence is analyzing the newly released video of the girls in an effort to match the surroundings to a more precise location. But the girls could have been moved since that video was shot and U.S. intelligence has indications they are now being held in separate locations. None of the intelligence collected by the manned aircraft has been shared yet with the Nigerian Nigerians. That's because of legal restrictions on how much help the U.S. can give to a military which has a record of human rights violations.
1: Oh. Thank you, Dave. Oh, funny how that works. Funny how that works. At least we
2: have guidelines.
1: Yeah, that we're going to just apparently ignore. Uh, All right, I think that was our last drone clip um, for uh, the uh, supporter show. I do have a couple of NSA-related clips, and I think we should probably get to those. Well, actually, I have one more drone clip that I think we could probably fit in the pre-show. This is our last drone one. It's actually kind of a follow-up to a topic we covered a few weeks ago. Or actually, geez, it might have been over a year ago. I think it was over a year ago where uh, we talked about this, this spy uh, drone that Iran had downed. Well, here's drone an update on that. concerns
9: have arisen out of Iran, where officials say they've reversed-engineered a copy of a U.S. military drone captured in Iranian airspace back in 2011. The drone in question was a stealth drone, the RQ-170, manufactured by Lockheed Martin. It features a special exterior coating that made it difficult to detect with long-range radar the iranian version was unveiled on the ground at iran's military aerospace exhibition which was attended by Iran's supreme leader ayatollah khamenei he announced that the copy would soon go through test flights and it would be very important for reconnaissance missions iran claimed that its electronic warfare unit succeeded in taking control of the u.s. drone guidance system in two thousand eleven a report that has seemed plausible since the drone suffered no visible damage upon capture Last year, Iran decoded footage from the captured drone and posted it to YouTube to demonstrate that they'd succeeded in cracking some of its secrets.
1: Well, there you go, Chase. They posted it to YouTube.
2: Well, you know, if you post it to YouTube, it's got to be real.
1: I think it is. I think they got some help from the Chinese. I think they went in there, they think they took apart a drone, and the Chinese supplied supplied some of the parts, the Iranians supplied some of their reverse engineering skills, and Bob's your uncle.
2: Hey, at least they're all working together, right? Yeah, that's nice.
1: That's yeah. real nice. That's yeah, called cooperation. All right, time to shift gears to the NSA. U.S. spy chief is cracking down. Crack it. On whistleblowers. Aw.
9: Attention people, don't expect government officials to quote news sources anymore in their interviews. Apparently, that's just far too dangerous for national security. According to the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, that is, personnel falling within the US intelligence community is now pretty hemmed in. And that's a lot of people. We're talking 17 agencies and organizations. They may not cite news reports based on leaks in their speeches, opinion articles, books term papers and other unofficial writings this is on top of a new review policy stating that the odni personnel engaging in freeform discussions related to work must get pre-authorization first with an outline of topics expected questions and their responses which is key
1: Join- so if you're going to talk about it if you're going to have a conversation yeah you have to submit in writing the topics that you expect you'll talk about and they the, the the responses you expect they'll make, submit that to your boss, get oh. that approved. Oh. Then you can have that casual conversation.
2: Oh, well, since it's so casual, it will feel so natural.
9: Joining me to illuminate the reasoning in this is Kathleen McClellan, the National Security and Human Rights Deputy Director at the Government Accountability Project. Thank you very much for joining me you're welcome uh... personnel needs pre-authorization to talk to the public fine i get it that was issued in march this new directive though brings up the sourcing it says personnel must not use sourcing that comes from known leaks or unauthorized disclosures of sensitive information okay there but the use of information in a public uh, publication can confirm the validity of an unauthorized disclosure and cause further harm to national security now especially regarding leaks this information is already out in in the public in most cases
6: is there really a danger to national security I mean, it's really hard to see how there is. It's fascinating in the intelligence community that there's this notion of it can be public yet still classified. And this directive is less about protecting national security than it is about controlling what information the public hears. So there's information in the public eye, and this directive chills employees from discussing that information and fully discussing that information. And the director of national intelligence tried to clarify and made the directive sound a lot less draconian than it really is. But if you look at what's written and how. It it could be interpreted, and how it's likely to be interpreted whenever employees criticize the official position. Uh, it's very, very chilling. Well, especially when referencing, talking
9: about referencing uh, journalists, journalistic work. Mm-hmm. What do you
6: think this directive is stemming from? Well, it's an obvious response <laughs> to the to the yeah. to the disclosures from the whistleblower. What was
1: that? What was that? That was weird and awkward. What that was, was that? that was like a
2: like a softball question. I think she acknowledged that it was a softball question. And she's just like, uh, well, what let's, do you think this is from? <laughs> let's watch this again.
9: about referencing uh, journalists, journalistic work. What do you think this directive is stemming from?
6: Well, she, was, she was already starting to the, to, the, yeah. to the disclosures from the whistleblower Edward Snowden, but it's it's completely That's misguided fine. because instead of using this as an opportunity to engage with the public, uh, Director Clapper has chosen to chill employees and chill what they can say and instead make sure that the public hears his official position, which is disturbing because his official position has been misleading and in sometimes it's been outright false like when he lied to Congress.
9: Very scary indeed.
6: Now, is this setting
9: a a dangerous precedent as you've referenced, uh, you know, untrue untrue statements to Congress and so on? Uh, As you say, chilling employees from making disclosures and using, you know, tools like this, saying you will have uh, punishments rain down on you, et cetera, et
6: cetera. It seems very dangerous. Well, and it's certainly chilling, especially when it's read with the earlier directive, which said that employees could not speak with the media at all, even informally. So when you have those two combined with the record number of Espionage Act prosecutions brought against uh, alleged leakers who are really almost always whistleblowers, uh, that sends a very chilling message.
1: There you go. That's not too surprising, really.
2: Not shocking at all. Look at this. Yeah.
1: Look at this. That's this week's show notes. You
2: ever thought about printing two sided?
1: You Hear that? That's this week's show notes hitting the table.
2: That should be two sided.
1: Yeah, I did last time. it did two sided. You know, the problem is I start getting all flip flappy. Flip flappy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, I got a couple more clips to get us, and then we're gonna start. We gotta start the show. We gotta Word. get going. Word. <clears throat> but I got a couple more things we need to talk about. Okay. Give us a little more context for today's show. Word. So uh, why don't we uh, take a little look at uh, Glenn Greenwald and his work. I got a longer clip. Maybe we'll save it for uh, the supporters to download from the sync. One more. Uh, I think this is an RT clip about uh, kind of a
12: strange week for NSA reformers. April 30th, Edward Snowden accepts the Ride-In-Hour prize for truth-telling. During his speech, he makes this remark about reform efforts in Congress. We'll get laws passed, hopefully we'll see the USA Freedom Act, which is the only act that really starts to address these concerns. The USA Freedom Act, one of many reform bills working their way through Congress, but the one most preferred by civil libertarians and privacy advocates, including the guy who started all of this. So it came as a surprise to cynics when less than a week later, the House Judiciary Committee announces it will take action on the USA Freedom Act, in pass it out of committee. Setting up a showdown with a rival bill coming out of the House Intelligence Committee, chaired by Mike Rogers, a big defender of the NSA and not a fan of Edward Snowden. Your buddy. Yeah.
1: Mike Rogers. We have we have drinks. <gasps> look at everybody get a good look at him before he becomes a radio host, Mike Rogers, talking into a gold microphone. There's your next, there's your next Rush Limbaugh, America. <laughs> oh the but
12: golden the- EIB microphone. Yeah. There's a catch, as there always is on Capitol Hill. In order to secure enough votes for passage, the Judiciary Committee guts the USA Freedom Act. Oh And they replace it with new language, rolling back many of the stronger provisions, oh. rainy in the NSA. Oh. For one, the new USA Freedom Act no longer contains an explicit prohibition on the backdoor search loophole. Oh. What Senator Ron Wyden warned was the NSA's ability to spy on Americans whose communications had been incidentally swept up into the NSA's massive foreign intelligence databases. Hey,
1: wait a minute. That's us.
12: No, no, Congress- no, Chris. They-
2: Remember, Chris, they don't care
12: about you. Oh, okay. ...woman Zoe Lofgren's efforts to remove the loophole failed. But both Democrats and Republicans on the Judiciary Committee praised the new USA Freedom Act and declared that it at least does one thing. This committee now stands poised to end domestic bulk collection across the board. But does it? Yes, the bill moves the holding of call records back to the telecoms, and it does require legal approval to collect those call records, which is what President Obama proposed earlier this year. But we know the NSA is collecting enormous amounts of domestic communications beyond call records. Under different authorities, tens of thousands of Americans have their emails collected annually. Only the NSA doesn't define that as bulk collection. Investigative reporter Marcy Wheeler.
4: What we do now is collect all the phone records or some significant portion of all the phone records in the United States and the intelligence community calls that bulk. But when, for example, we use search terms to collect content off of the circuits directly, even if we collect 56,000 um, improperly collected U.S. person communications in the process, that doesn't count as bulk for the intelligence committee community.
12: So it's all about how you That's a key. Yeah, it's when, huge. Yeah. You define bulk collection. And the new USA Freedom Act defines it in the exact same way the NSA does. Oh, I how think convenient. Plain
4: English says if you're collecting, you know, 100,000 people of whom maybe only 20,000 are actually mm-hmm. potential suspects, mm-hmm. that's bulk collection. That's still permitted by, these, by, by the House Judiciary Committee bill
12: and since the new usa freedom act also stripped out a slew of reporting requirements forcing the government to disclose just how many people are swept up into their surveillance machine We can't really know if bulk collection has really ended.
4: Everyone is out there saying this prevents bulk collection. But one of the things they got rid of were a bunch of reporting requirements that would have given a sense of whether or not they're actually engaging in bulk collection. And so what, (laughs) what they've done is prevent even the tools that are necessary for even Congress, much less you and I, to assess whether... They're delivering on their promises.
12: Right. But the Judiciary Committee unanimously passes the new USA Freedom Act, and in a surprising turn of events, the very next day, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Rogers drops his own reform bill, which oh, wow. ensures the new USA Freedom Act out of his committee with another unanimous vote. Wow. And apparently, the changes made to the Freedom Act the day before satisfied the NSA's biggest ally, Chairman Rogers. So there will be no showdown in the House. The USA Freedom Act is the only game in town when it comes to NSA reform. And in the most bizarre twist, Intel Chair Mike Rogers and Edward Snowden find themselves on the same side, both supporting the USA Freedom Act. Now wait a minute. So how did that happen?
4: The way these bills
2: Does Snowden endorse the new <laughs> Well, I don't know, Freedom Act or the one that as it was written yeah, back I don't when?
1: Know. You know, and I also uh, yeah, I, would it's the, I would assume I would assume it's me, the me too yeah, yeah the latter. So that's a um, little
2: bit of a spin by RT there.
1: That said, yeah, nobody else is covering this. I mean, props to RT for yeah, properly. Yeah, at least covering at it. least they're talking about it, and, right? And this yeah. sucks. Yes. So let's play out. Cause maybe they're about to talk about the Snowden thing.
4: This bill was pushed through was all about ensuring that nobody like Justin Amash and John Conyers did last year. Nobody could use the NDAA, which you can make amendments to very easily. No one used that to push through real reform and also to, to, to prevent people from using the expiration of the Patriot Act next year to push through real reform. So what, uh, they, what the, one of the things, the way the bill getting pushed through right. did is completely remove all the leverage that the reformers had by design.
12: With 150 bipartisan co-sponsors and no competing reform bills, the USA Freedom Act is poised to pass. It's just up to House leadership to schedule it for a vote. But there's still much to be desired for NSA reformers. There's nothing in the bill about indiscriminate spying on foreign populations. There's nothing about the NSA breaking encryption standards. And there's nothing about the NSA's use of executive orders to do things like break into Google and Yahoo data links. Still, it's better than the status quo, which is why the NSA reformers will likely accept this small victory alongside Chairman Rogers and live to fight on. On Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., Sam Sachs, RT.
2: Well, thanks, Sam. Um, wow, this is a perfect song for this. Perfect song.
1: For so isn't it interesting how what the politicians do is when they see public a support is forming around something, they all kind of get behind that one thing because now the narrative is out there about the U.S. USA Freedom Act, and then people are under and they the bastardize it,
2: yeah, and then people then are under the guise that they feel that hey, guess what, uh, we made a, we made a difference, we made a change, when in fact it hasn't happened that way, mm-hmm. and then people are under this illusion that it is, and
1: like their Skype guest pointed out instead of actually forcing something through with the with the power of like you need to pass the NDAA so we're going to attach something that you hate but since you have to pass the NDAA you're going to do it or instead of using the expiration of the Patriot Act to rally around this issue now they've 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 totally sidestepped all of that and got this lukewarm yeah which in. is which is
2: not enough it is obviously not enough for us <clears throat> no but it's going to be enough for people and politicians to go back home to their constituents and say hey guess what I, I made a difference. I made a I made a dent in this, and then people are going to be so gullible to feel like that it is when it's not.
1: I have That's one, the sad part. I have one more clip. Yeah. It's a long clip. Long like... It's Glenn Greenwald talking about the impotence of the U.S. media. And the thing is, it's like it's... Well, we it, already knew that, though, right? I know, but it's just so good because it like reinforces all the reasons why we have a supporter show. And oh, this, wow. But it's really long. How so
2: gonna, long? <clears throat> Let me see. Uh, uh, if it's under three minutes...
1: Uh, let me see here. Let me see here. It is uh, six minutes and twenty Oh, too seconds. long. Yeah, it is. It is too long. You want me to play a random sample?
13: Yeah, let's I'll play a, a random, random sample. Let's, let's get a little a clip from random. Democracy Now! ...generals and their ability to do that. But the claim is made all... keeping oh, I'm good. I'm backing up good. right here. The same exact things were said about him. In fact, Nixon officials went before Congress and accused him of being a secret Russian spy. They said that he put lives at risk. They said that people were going to die as a result of these disclosures, that he was a traitor, that he was uh, engaged in treason, all of which have been proven— He's talking about the Watergate whistleblower. —to be utter fabrications. And every single whistleblowing event that has happened since then, including the 2005 NSA story, in which someone in the Justice Department told The New York Times about that program, the blowing the whistle on Abu Ghraib, and the program and the rendition program, what WikiLeaks and Chelsea Manning did, the same rhetoric is constantly invoked, which is, if you shine a light on what we in political power are doing in a way that we haven't authorized you to do, you're going to have blood on your hands. I mean, there's an obvious irony to being accused by a U.S. general who served in Iraq, of all places, of having blood on your hands or resulting—causing the death of innocent people. Nobody could ever surpass Keith Alexander and his fellow generals and their ability to do that. But the claim is made all the time reflexively without any evidence um, because in reality the only thing that has been harmed by the disclosures is not the lives of innocent people it's the reputation and credibility of people like keith alexander and C- i actually i think i might not agree
1: with that i think there actually has been substantial damage done to the united states because of snowden's leaks i'm gonna, oh, talk, about it today. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about absolutely yeah absolutely all right that'll be our topic the rest of that clip where he gets into the impotence of the u.s media is in the pre-show folder, if you have the unfiltered supporter show, sync, go grabs it. it uh, it's a, it's a, it's it's worth watching. If we had a little more time, I would play it. I'm trying not. To, I'm trying to keep the supporter shows under two hours, just so that way you guys don't avoid them. <clears throat> all right, Chase. I think we're all set. It's my turn to do the intro, isn't it? Well, how about yes, that? It is. Look at me being fancy and stuff. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but uh, but uh, big announcement today. Huge, huge,
2: huge announcement.
1: Huge. Today. I, I think I have your screen. Do you want to frame it real quick here? Let's use this here. Bring up like the, bring up the page. Yeah, and this is your shot right here. Yeah, that's looking good, Chase. That's looking real good. Yeah, Chase. That's looking real good. All right. Okay, chat room. Don't forget to bang suggest as these shenanigans go on. We need them. We need them so bad. Uh, about three words or so, something. If you saw it in a few weeks, uh, and I'll give you a little hint. It's probably going to be NSA related because we got a s ton of NSA updates. Show notes are going to be crazy this week. Go check them out. If you don't normally check out the show notes, I encourage it. They're crazy this week. Some great pictures too. Uh, so please bang suggest as we go for episode ninety seven. All right, you guys. Program.
2: Well, hey, you know we got a big shell lined up today. We you do. Know, we got a lot of great stories.
7: <laughs> so strap <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ah, oh. oh. <laughs> so strapped.
14: Here
12: it comes.
1: You, do you think we should turn off the fan for the show? I, think, I have your mic off right now. I, I think it's fine. You think so? Yeah. I can hear it in my headphones a
2: little bit. Yeah, but the thing I hear in the headphones is not the fan. I
1: hear a buzz. Oh, I hear the fan. Yeah, I hear a buzz. Oh, all right. Well, it's too warm to turn off the fan anyways. Okay, here we go. In a three. Uh, yeah. A two. <laughs> this is Unfilter, episode ninety seven, for May
15: fourteenth, two thousand and fourteen. A secret surveillance program. Is an international
10: manhunt is on tonight. The, for the most program. wanted man in the world for Edward much of the Edward Snowden
15: day-to-day. may go down as the most famous whistleblower of our time. And now an internal NSA newsletter brags that shipments of computer routers and servers headed all over the world are intercepted by the NSA and redirected to a secret location so they can implant surveillance devices.
1: Everyone and welcome to Unfilter, episode ninety-seven of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show. that's distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the always excellent Mister Chase, coming from uh, from my hot
2: and warm. warm and stellar, stellar Marysville.
1: It is it is like unusually warm in the studio right now, though. Yes, we're in a we're in a. Uh, you know,
2: you know. What's so funny, my wife conveniently, as I said this, texted me just now. Yeah, what'd she say? hot. Aren't you in a place with no air conditioning? Yeah. Are you dying? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. It is a hot and sweaty on filter today. Uh, but you know what, Chase? Guess what? What, Chris? Big show today, uh, Chase. I'm
2: shocked by that. Huge show.
1: Huge show, actually. Uh, the, uh, the book that uh, we've been talking about for a couple of weeks, And Nowhere Left to Hide, No Place Left to Hide, Glenn Greenwald, his book came out this week, and in it were published new slides, new, uh, new announcements, new releases about the NSA that we've never seen before. So we're gonna, we have a lot of stuff to cover in the NSA uh, section of the show. The Ukraine section of the show is also getting big. And then in the uh, weed section of the show, guess what? Something you and I have talked about a few times off air, about the money situation around uh, legal cannabis. Well, it looks like Colorado might have a solution for that. So Ooh,
2: finally. Hell, Ooh. hell of a show. Which we kind of teased, I think, last week. Uh, Maybe. We did tease a little bit.
1: So No Place to Hide is the new book that came out yesterday by Glenn Greenwald. It's on the NSA's sweeping efforts to know it all. And uh, we have some slides in yes, the show we notes. Do.
2: And I'm going to show some of them, too. Okay.
1: Uh, the first one that uh, kind of really jumps out is this new collection posture slide. And in this slide, it starts at the top where the, the NSA recommends that all agencies of the government, whenever possible, sniff it all, know it all, collect it all, process it all, exploit it all. And partner it all. Oh, my gosh. So uh, new stuff we haven't seen before. I have a lot of these in the show notes. You guys want to go check these out. Uh, this this slide we're talking about right now came from a meeting in 2011 where the uh, NSA was giving a briefing to some of the other intelligence officers. They call it their collection process. And uh, we're gonna. some of these clips are going to uh, talk about it here for a little bit. Uh, first, though, uh, I want to start, I want to back up. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about this book that came out. This is uh, in this book that came out. There is a uh, sort of more information given about how Glenn Greenwald came to meet Snowden, and a more of a clearer picture of that first meeting they had after Greenwald was convinced to travel with Poitras. To Hong Kong
13: he had picked a place on the third floor of this hotel which was a public space for conference rooms which as he described it was sufficiently out of the way so that we wouldn't be viewed by a lot of people there wouldn't be a lot of human traffic and then at maybe 1021 a minute after we got there um, I heard the door open
5: to this room so you know his name but you have no idea what he looks like but in your mind you must have had an image at least in your mind of what you thought this person was going to look like oh right?
13: definitely i mean i had a very distinct image that he was in his 60s or 70s that he was very kind of senior and world weary so instead
1: this is kind of interesting to get in greenwald's head here because you know he uh if you read the book i'm, I'm about uh, three three or so chapters into the book okay and um They talk about, like, the ongoing series of chats that Snowden and Greenwald had over OTR off-the-record chatting. And uh, through these chats... You know, uh, Greenwald walked away with the impression this was a very wise person. That was, you know, probably in their 50s or 60s even, that they were maybe a senior level because of just the tiny, tiny bit of tease that Snowden provided Greenwald and Poitras before they came over was so massive that they thought for somebody to have this level of access, they must be a senior executive. So when they met a 29-year-old guy with stubble uh,
2: And a contractor.
1: They thought, is this
13: legit? (laughs) Instead, I...
5: Into the room holding a Rubik's Cube...
13: Um, when he walked into the room, I didn't want to turn around and seem overly eager. So I just sort of stayed in the position I was at, which was staring at the back wall where there was a mirror. Um, and I see this figure approaching us, and I actually saw the Rubik's cube in the mirror. And so when he got near us, I turned around and standing there was, you know, this kind of scrawny, pale, awkward looking, um, you know, computer geek kid. I mean, he was uh, 29, but he looked much younger. He ended up going up to the room, right? He invited us back to his room. Um, and, <laughs> it and,
1: and it's meow. funny too, he tells, uh, he's like, uh, Come on up. He's like, and he's as they're getting closer to the room while they're riding the elevator, he's like, So, before we go in, I want to apologize about, apologize about the mess. This is actually the first time I've left my room in three weeks.
5: Mess too, right?
13: He, he, he was a complete mess. There were room service trays piled up. Um, there were clothes strewn about everywhere. It was a nice room, it was a nice hotel, but it was a, a very small room. He, yeah, he he, demanded that to look at our, our cell phones. Um, he insisted that we put them in the refrigerator.
1: So this was something that uh, Snowden, on all occasions, all meetings, He said, you know, disable, remove the battery from your cell phone. If you have an iPhone or a phone where you cannot remove the battery, don't bring it with you. Don't turn it off. That's not sufficient. You need to either pull the battery. So, of course, Greenwald thinking, you know, oh, Snowden's just being over paranoid, you know, because Greenwald's not all in at this point, right? He hasn't taken the red pill. (laughs)
2: That's a great analogy. Yeah, you're right. So
1: uh, he's like, okay, this guy's just being paranoid, and my iPhone doesn't even work here in Hong Kong, so I don't need to worry about them snooping because it doesn't even work. And Snowden's like, actually, they can still do it, Put it in the freezer. So he puts it in the mini bar fridge because that gives it sound isolation. So even if they turn on the mic, they won't be able to hear much.
13: Because the the way in which the refrigerator is sealed prevents the audio from being detected by the the cell phones. And so we pretty much instantly got right down to it. And for me that meant getting all my questions answered
1: they talk about in the book that uh, as uh, as they start, like at this point uh, when they, so they get in the room, it's very awkward because Greenwald's like, is this the guy? Is this legit? Have I just been duped? Uh, and they really haven't talked much yet and, and Laura Poitras pretty much just immediately starts setting up her camera. Because she's a documentarist, So she starts setting everything up, getting ready, and so she's okay, cameras are rolling, like within the first few minutes of them meeting him. And so Greenwald just goes right into an interview mode and just starts asking him questions for five to six hours straight. They didn't stop for water wow. they didn't stop to piss they just kept talking just got it all out yeah and they went through all of it like a, like an oprah interview crying session <laughs> yeah, very much so so here's some of the new details that come out in uh, greenwald's new book
4: it's been almost a year now since journalist gren- glenn greenwald see i He's screwed
1: like- up earlier too today you know you know whose fault it is it's it's adam curry's it's adam curry's of the no agenda show because he says gren greenwald And so that's what she just says. That's what I've been saying. And I did it earlier. Excuse me, wrote the first story
4: revealing leaked documents from Edward Snowden. Since then, there have been countless revelations, both large and small, about an ever pervasive surveillance network. Today, Greenwald is giving his own account of how the former NSA whistleblower was able to release thousands of classified documents on a powerful intelligence community, all while evading authorities. It's all laid out in Greenwald's new book called No Place to Hide. And coinciding with the book's release, Greenwald has released a trove of new NSA documents.
1: What do you think about... Greenwald making a book like this and making a buck off all this. I mean, at one point I'm like, "Hey, this is his this is his business. This is what he does." But the other time I'm like, "I feel like the revelations have dried up recently, and like the Intercept has gone nowhere. His new site that they started with uh, with the uh, PayPal guy, the Pierre uh, Amadar, whatever his name right, is, right? Yeah, it's gone nowhere. And it, and obviously he's been working on this book for a while, and now it's like if you really want all the details, well, actually, guess what? Guess what Chris has in the show notes. Chris has a link to a PDF in the show notes that's all of the NSA revelations oh, in one. Oh, that's nice. Just yeah, one doc. It's like a 100. No, Greenwald made it available, but I just linked to it. It's like 112 pages but long. But it's
2: just one nice doc.
1: My favorite slides are in the show notes, though. Very much worth checking out. We're going to get into some of it here in just a second. Uh, but I, I I wanted to put that out there for general uh, feedback. If you guys go over to JupiterBroadcasting.com and click the contact link, let us know what you think about Greenwald making money off of a book like this. He's on full press tour. He's back in the U.S. He's on the speed circuit, he went on the Colbert Report, he did debate with Michael Hayden. Oh, something else this book kind of shed some light on is why Michael Hayden, who was the director of the NSA at the time of 9-11, who oversaw the implementation of this domestic surveillance program, it kind of comes... One thing this book is really good at is it it sort of establishes how what has happened has been in... has been building momentum since 2004. Like, there has been a one series of events after another that have led to, to to all of these disclosures. It's it's kind of amazing. The book in the first few chapters sort of puts all of the dominoes in places that have fallen to bring these people's different lives together for this disclosure. And one of the people that's in these threads is Michael Hayden, that former NSA director. And you, what you kind of begin to piece together on your own, although the book never quite says this so abruptly, but what you begin to piece together is that the reason why Michael Hayden that Doofy looking guy who wanted to drone Snowden why he's still in the conversation is because the talking points and the primary architecture of the surveillance program were created by him and the tone of that first time with the first story that ever leaked out about this years ago the way that crisis was managed was led by Hayden and when you got to understand something when you're an elite like these guys are you're never out of the business you don't retire. You're never done. When you take on something like this for America, you own that for the rest of your life. As long as you are capable of sitting up and talking into a microphone, you will go on the air and you will defend that program. You will be the spokesperson for that program. You are the face of that program. And this book really brings all of that into focus. for you. Job security.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Job security.
1: Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about something. So the earlier on, so I, I mentioned that we were kind of building towards this. It's it's it's, been, it's kind of amazing how these pieces have been in motion for so many years. There was almost a really big revelation back in about 2004, I think, when Bush was still in the White House. Uh, w- uh, one of the guys we've talked about before, I have the details in the show notes, uh, one of the early, you know, OG uh, NSA whistleblowers went to the New York Times and tried to blow the whistle on the surveillance program. And Bill Keller, the uh, editor at the New York Times back in 2004, put the kibosh on the story. He, he, was, he, was, he was intimidated by the Bush administration and killed the story.
0: In the fall of 2004, the administration invited the Times' top editors to a closed-door meeting. Executive editor Bill Keller met with the president's top advisors, Condoleezza Rice, General Hayden, hey. Alberto Gonzalez, and others, who insisted to Keller that revealing the existence of the program would endanger
10: national security. I had a consensus of everybody that we had contact with in the administration um, that this would be an extremely dangerous thing to do. These were, you know, serious people, uh, a consensus across the board of of those who talked to us that it was going to be dangerous, a level of stridency that was quite impressive. And, you know, after much discussion, decided uh, that we weren't ready to go with it. Keller spiked the story.
0: The White House had prevailed. The program would remain a well-kept secret
5: secret. That
1: was a uh, that was a clip from a Frontline documentary that aired last night. Uh it's not available pretty much anywhere except for the Frontline website. And it's only part one that came out last night. I I watched all of it like late last night because I wanted to be able to have it all in my head before the show. Yeah, pretty good piece. The uh the first f- it's about two, it's about an hour fifty minutes long, so it's pretty long. The first uh forty minutes, twenty five minutes. If you've been watching Unfiltered since episode fifty four, you know all of it. it. It it but it is a good recap. It's nothing really new, and they do softball a few things like uh, your buddy Richard Clark is in yeah, it. Yeah, my, my beer buddy. Your good your good pal Richard Clark. Yeah, and he has. Been been many things, uh, cyber terror uh, advisor, uh, counterterrorism advisor, you know, for the Clinton administration. For, uh, yeah, but what they label him as in the lower third is Obama advisor. That's all. They say. <laughs> it's like no, this like they do that with everybody. But they was they have Hayden on there. Hayden does some talking. It was a pretty good frontline piece and uh, if I can, eventually, I'll grab the whole thing and I'll toss it in the uh, unfiltered supporter thing because I think you guys would really like to watch it. But if you want to watch it right now, just go over to the Frontline website and nice. you can watch it in Flash. Cool. Uh, all right. So uh, one of the slides that Greenwald showed was that collect all, and here's a little info on the collect all, and one of the things they do with, these, with this, in this slide they talk about is Uh, One of the slides that came out is this ability uh, for the PRISM program to be used with just very simple search queries. You just go in there, you put the email address of any person you're looking for, and then they have a predefined area where you, in a drop-down box, you can just choose your justification. And then once you select the justification, the search query is executed. This
15: never-before-seen PowerPoint slide from the NSA says, sniff it all, know it all, collect it all. And with this secret form, Greenwald says, any NSA employee can search a giant database. All they need
13: to do, literally, is enter the email address, pick from a pull-down menu a quote-unquote justification that entitles them to do it, and then hit search.
15: Greenwald writes the NSA has been able to tap into Skype video chats, a broad range of Facebook data, even emails sent by people using Wi-Fi on an airplane. Hey-o. The
13: mindset of the NSA is that there should never be a place on the planet that you can go where you are able to evade their surveillance net.
1: Yeah, the great thing about some of these slides, too, is they boast about their strategic partnerships with Motorola, AT&T, Oracle, Cisco, IBM, Verizon, Intel, In uh, this username uh, doc. I got it right
2: here, Chris. If, and it, it's,
1: oh, yeah, there it it's is. It's incredible. Yeah, incredible. You see the, there's the global partnerships that they have there. Isn't that excellent? Isn't that nice?
2: Now, here's the, the one thing that, uh, you know, that story kind of conflicts with the, the slide that I just showed. Yeah. Uh, actually, wrong slide. Wrong slide. Man, there's oh, a lot of slides. Too, too many slides. Oh, no, my God. All right, here There's a lot of slides. Um the justification isn't a drop down you have to type in a reason first and then you have additional oh, justification so
1: there's two justification fields but but <laughs> the, but that's additional and then like yeah i guess you could put anything in ju- in a, in, a, in a in a regular paragraph but in iran sample yeah. i mean
2: it's just like yeah it's like anything and look how like plain jane this interface well, is well yeah too. i mean you know yeah. yeah it's a government for you but yeah Man, how does that make, I mean, it gets under my freaking skin seeing yeah. something like this because yeah. it's like,
1: how dare they? Right, it's all stored in a database, but it's not searched until I click that button. Now, uh. Uh, uh, we got a, uh, here's a great, uh, I'm going to break the no video rule uh, for this one clip because uh, the uh, this RT report goes through a bunch of these slides really quick, and it's if you're watching the video version, this is worth seeing.
12: Among the new NSA documents revealed today by journalist Glenn Greenwald is this very telling slide. It's from 2011, explicitly confirming that the NSA and its partners are in the game of collecting it all, and it speaks to what Snowden and the journalists he's worked with have been warning of all along, an out of control spy agency with unbelievable tools that pose a threat to privacy around the world. At one point, the NSA was collecting more than 71 million communications a month in Poland. Poland. Another document seems to show how the NSA has hey, partnered those are my with a number of American corporations to carry out its collected all mission, including one mysterious corporate partner since 1985 that has, quote, access to international cables, routers and switches, and is aggressively involved in shaping internet traffic to run through NSA monitors. Hmm. As a result, the NSA's Fairview program was able to collect more than six billion phone call records a month. And this slide gives more information on the NSA's supply chain interdiction. Do
1: you know
2: what you're seeing right
12: there? Do you see what you're seeing right there? Do you know what that is right there? So
2: they're opening up packages before... That's a
1: Cisco package that they intercept in transit. They open it up, and in this slide, they brag about their ability to open these things up, implant a chip, and seal them back up to the point where customers would never notice. They brag about it. Like, that's how good we are. And they have a special tailored uh, operations access division that does just this. There's a special... Wow. Tau group as they call it. Double wow. And that's that's the pictures of them breaking of the facility where they intercept packages and then rebox them up. And that's it right oh on this picture on the God. right is a Cisco router they're testing. And another one of the leaked slides is they implanted back doors into these and it turns out their back door had a bug and it was causing the router to crash. And so then they had to push out updates remotely, but they didn't want to push them out and crash people's routers so they would be turned on to them. So they had to find people they were spying on that were not very high traffic people so they could first deploy it there, just like you would in IT. You deploy it to like your low-end users first that aren't going to cause a ruckus, see how the patch goes. Once that goes okay, they deploy it to higher traffic routers on the internet. And they, and they, they have to write up like this whole change thing anyways. So that picture right there is worth and, the book and we, right and, there. And we wonder why uh, Cisco's losing business. <laughs> right. And Cisco it, it, it released a statement. In fact, one of our uh, listeners forwarded it to us uh, saying, yeah, hey, we had no idea this is going on, we did I not cooperate with this. Yeah, because yeah, they could just, inter- they, I mean, maybe maybe UPS or FedEx does. I mean, that's speculation, that's but true. it's or, possible. Or if the US, better, yeah.
12: If they don't know, then what the hell's going on with packages? Right. On ...computer servers and routers implants bugs in them and then sends them back into transit, allowing the NSA to crack some of its hardest targets. All this data collection is posing a challenge to the NSA, one that they are aware of in this document stating that collection is outpacing our ability to ingest, process, and store to the norms to which we have become accustomed. But the NSA isn't holding all this data for itself. In fact, it's sharing it with a number of other governments around the world, creating what appears to be an information network of dozens of countries all cooperating with each other and all spying on each other's citizens. This document reveals the breadth of the NSA's spying partners beyond the five eyes. Despite being partners, France and Israel are both running spy operations against the US as well. In fact, a national intelligence estimate found that Israel is the third most aggressive intelligence service against the US.
1: I thought they are friends. Yeah, that's yeah, right, of course. I would like to know who's the number 1. <laughs> that's what I'd like number, number 2. One maybe russia and china i don't know uh but yeah uh, yeah, in the documents they're like uh in fact also in the documents they're like so uh we have this relationship with israel that they're supposed to be it's supposed to be a two-way street but uh that partnership is totally a one-way street they're taking advantage of us and not giving us any input they kind of like have a slide where they're kind of complaining
12: also the nsa's claims that it doesn't engage in economic espionage are further belied by new slides showing the nsa's blarney program specifically goes after economic and diplomatic intelligence. And this slide, showing examples of PRISM reporting topics, reveals the NSA is interested in Mexican energy issues, Japanese trade, and Venezuelan oil. We know that the NSA targeted Brazilian President Dilma Rousseff this slide shows the spies bragging about it.
1: Yeah, this is a great slide oh right here. Oh my god! Where they're like, "Yeah, man, we got in there. We monitored her and nine of her uh, subordinates, and we got all kinds and of information. We got
12: her picture
2: yeah. and everything." I, oh
1: boy, I bet she sees that. I Could you imagine how angry she is?
2: Woo. I would be pissed. I would be like,
1: "How? Would, That's yeah, yeah." What? It,
2: I mean, how do you react? Like, Chris, let's say you're the prime well, minister of what can Chris, you do, Chrislandia? Okay? Well, nothing.
1: I can't do nothing. Y- I can raise a stink, I can try to wall off our internet, I can try to, you know, re- break as many ties with the U.S. as possible, but really my, my recourse is pretty much nothing other than make a public stink about it. Wow. Her best recourse would be to ba- make a big public stink about it, yeah. that's really what she has available to
12: her. Yeah. Meanwhile, new documents shed more light on the NSA's British spying counterpart, GCHQ, and their disruption activities against hacktivist groups like Anonymous... Here, British spies are told the benefits of circumventing traditional law enforcement.
1: Yeah, they uh, so they prefer to go with something called disruption instead of traditional law enforcement, which I find to be interesting. It kind of sounds like they're just, I mean... It d-
2: well, it kind of sounds like they are knowingly, they know that what they're doing is wrong, so right. they give it a different term and right. say, well, this is more effective because we're not doing traditional methods. And they say
1: right here on the slide, they say disruption techniques could save time and money.
2: Well yeah because we don't have to go through the due processes oh, and permits and warrants exactly. and judges oh.
12: and using their tools to discover targets and then disrupting their communications through either denial of service attacks or as this slide shows, bombarding their phones with text messages and calls and deleting their online presence.: Hey,
2: that would be nice actually. Are- Did somebody be- wipe you out? Yeah I mean wouldn't it be nice to start a-
12: over one-, one
2: day like you Google your name no no results found
1: That would actually be incredible.
2: That would be, like, an If impressive. they could
1: actually pull that off, that would be amazing.
2: I would pay they for could, that. They I could would, sell that. You know, Chris, I would, I would pay for that service.
12: Just some of the new documents revealed by journalist Glenn Greenwald today. The remaining can be found online as well as in his new book. And there's more documents to come still. An interview Greenwald did with GQ this week, he said, I like to think of it as a fireworks show. You want to save your best for last. There's a story that from the beginning I thought would be our biggest, and I'm saving that. This will be the finale a big missing piece. Snowden knows about it and is excited about
2: it. I predicted that. So, I predicted NSA it. Me, Will me, con- me. I predicted that from the get go. I did, said, buddy. You I, did. I said that yep. the best is yet to come. We're gonna and you you said Chris, it's oh, already out there. It's all well, out.
1: Well, because some of this stuff, like we kind of knew there was some kind of interception program. Yeah. We didn't know all of the details on it. We think maybe Dell was involved too. Right, yeah. So some of the stuff he's revealed is just kind of more information on what we've already known. There hasn't been something that's like holy crap you're like, Prism, man. Yeah. That Was huge. Like, how are you gonna top? How are you gonna top a three-day buffer of everything that goes through the uh, the United States internet? How are you gonna top that? Uh, maybe. It'd have to be like it. it Literally, I mean, it'd have to be like 9/11 or something. It would have to be something that big.
2: Oh God! Don't do that! Don't do that, Chris. (laughs) No, you can't do that. If you say that on this, sh- wait, that's already out there, right?
1: No, no, no. We we'll
2: just we'll, we'll edit Can that we out. edit that? Okay. Yeah, we'll cut. Because I mean, if you put that out there, you're going to get emails. You're going to be right. like, Chris, Chris you're a conspiracy
1: nut. I didn't say nothing. I didn't say. <laughs> n- so uh, I'm, we've been talking about Hayden. Now, let's wrap up with uh, Michael Hayden uh, in this uh, uh, PBS Frontline special on uh, the Secret State uh, or D- I can't I can't remember the title, of it, but it's their it's their most recent episode uh, right. from uh, the 13th of May. Uh, uh Hayden lays out here you know we 've been thinking about the Snowden revelations in terms of he revealed the prison program he revealed the NSA spies all over the world. he revealed X keyscore and sig int and 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 all of these love in you know all these little things that 's what we 've been talking about, but what he actually revealed on a on a grander scale is so much bigger and is, over the long term, so much more damaging to the United States. And Hagen kind of just simply lays it all out.
0: He broke his trust. He has caused great harm to the United States. And let me characterize this for you. This is the greatest hemorrhaging of a legitimate American secrets in the history of the Republic. We, we talk about leakers, right? And, and so the metaphor is water. So how bad was the leak? Was it a cup? Was it a bucket? Was it a barrel? Okay. Well... Snowden's different. Snowden's the plumbing. Snowden has not revealed an American secret. He's revealed the architecture, the tactics, techniques, and procedures as to how America gains other countries' secrets. And that's why this damage is going to be so severe and very long-lasting.
1: He's not talking about terrorism. He's talking about how we get a leg up in world negotiations like the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership and all of, you know, when, we go, when, when we're going into a, a meeting on Iran sanctions. Um, there's examples in uh, Greenwald's new book where uh, Condoleezza Rice, when, uh, during the Bush administration, where she was going to go to the U.N. and talk about sanctions on Iran. Yeah. She sends down basically a request to the NSA and says, hey, NSA, in a week I'm making this trip. Generate me a report of all of the communications that all of the other delegates are going that have been saying about Iran behind closed doors so that way I know everything. And then they go into the meeting and they have the leg up and then the meeting goes in the way of the United States advantage. That is good for Chase Nunes and Chris Fisher. Let's be clear about that. That the U.S. We want our country to have a leg up when negotiating with any other country, right? Don't of you? You yeah. live here. Yeah. If I lived in Canada, I'd feel the same way about Canada, right? Right. It's the, Absolutely. It, wherever I live, I want them to have the leg up because my family impacted by that. Yep. So I, what Snowden revealed is how the U.S. does that on all levels. How we do it militarily, how we do it for domestic spying, and how we do it for trade negotiations, everything. We've revealed fundamentally how we monitor the world to get our leg up. That American exceptionalism that you know—that we always talk about, this was literally part of it. Nobody else had the scale that we had. Think about this. Think about the technology of the internet. Think about the new world. Think about everything that goes over the internet. And the U.S. was the first to get there. Sure, the GCHQ does it as well as, as many yep. other in the Five Eyes. Right. But we were the best. We had the... Sw- uh, We're number one. There's there In the Greenwald book, in the PDF we have linked in the show notes, there's a slide in there where Australia is contacting the NSA, and they're like, hey, dog, your collection is so good. Would you mind spying on Australian citizens for us since we can't really do that? We would really appreciate that because you guys are really good at that. And if you do that for us, we'll be able to do some stuff
2: for yeah. you. We'll hook you up. And
1: so we have this, and it is this massive interconnecting, like now we even have the partners who are involved with the interconnecting surveillance, Yep. All of it is laid out there for, for China, for Iran, for Russia, for everybody who might want to do us harm or anything like that. Now, is that a bad thing? That's for debate. But the, it is you cannot deny that the fundamental plumbing, like Hayden put it— has now been exposed. Yep. What, what he talks about is a lot of times when you have something exposed, you have the act that's exposed. The, you know, uh, Nixon spying on, on a group, or, or, or the FBI that yep. has uh, certain people, of uh, persons of interest, that are the list is just crazy, like that act. But the plumbing of how those things are done generally isn't exposed. This is a bit of a different beast. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, I, I believe it was an illegal one. So I you know I think stone is still just in exposing it because oh, it is absolutely. a violation of our constitutional well, rights it's and a after... violation
2: of the world's privacy. Well it's a, it's a violation of yeah, those two things, it's a violation of due process and so many things and it needed to get out there and obviously you know what when you have such an arrogant government doing those things eventually I, they're going to get their hand caught in the cookie jar and that's right. what
1: happened. That's what that's how I see it is like it was like I'm surprised uh, one of the things they talk about in that thing is uh, in, in 2004 when the New York Times called to talk to Hayden about it, when they said something to him, and, I, and actually if you watch enough clips of Hayden, you could see him doing this, he was on the other phone when, when the editor tells him what they have, and Hayden's reaction was, <gasps> that was what he did. <laughs> like, he, he's like, <gasps> oh gosh, and then he like composed himself for a second, right. started admitting to it, and then stopped again, and then hung up the phone Wow! when, when the New York Times called originally. So there you go. Tells you, like, they'd. I, I, I think maybe they actually thought they would never get caught. I think they actually thought that. I don't know. Uh, all right, Mr. Chase, well, before we get into the Ukraine stuff, we got uh-huh. some big news. Oh, wait, did I miss it? Uh, what? Uh, oh. oh, I did have one more thing I wanted to cover, actually, in the NSA stuff.
2: Oh, okay. Well, um, obviously, I, as you know, or may not know. What? Well, Sony bought the, the, the rights to this uh, book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, he's already so- got a
1: movie deal. Yeah, how about so, that?
2: So uh, and actually, Sony's no stranger uh, to doing these kind of nonfiction movies. They released both the Social Network, which yeah. obviously was about Facebook, yeah, and Zero Dark Thirty, yeah. which was about the killing of Osama bin Laden. Now, yeah, which uh, was crap.
1: Yeah, um, and uh, the guys that will be working on the movie are like uh, they, they come from like the Bond background, right?
2: Yeah, Wilson and Broca- uh, Broccoli, uh, known for their work <laughs> on the James Bond films like Skyfall, Skyfall. Yeah. and Quantum of Solace, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah. you know, I, I. You know, I don't mind. I'll watch it. You know, here's the thing. I don't mind a movie because a lot more people will obviously go watch the movie than they'll read the book. And if they pull an ounce of way of getting truth, I'm okay with that and becoming enlightened in that.
1: I suppose. And if nothing else, I can try to look at it from an entertaining standpoint. Oh, Um, sure.
2: As long as it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bill Clinton.
1: We have one more. Before we totally get away from the slides too far. Yeah. Uh, one more thing, uh, TechCrunch, which I don't really think of when I think of the Snowden leaks, but TechCrunch had a story, had some slides, and I have uh, the best slide in the show notes, <clears throat> where uh, the FBI and the NSA are bragging about the access they have to Microsoft's technology. Uh, they talk about Skype in here a lot, and they talk about how you know uh, the, their Skype collection was improved over time. The one I really like, I love this one, from uh, March 7th, 2013. Prism now collects Microsoft SkyDrive data as part of Prism's Standard Stored Communications Collection Package for Task FISA Amendments Act Section 702 Selector. This means that analysts will no longer have to make a special request to SSOs for this, a process step that many analysts may not have known about. This new capability will result in a much more complete and timely collection response from SSOs for our enterprise customers. The uh, The success is a result of the FBI working for many months with Microsoft to get this right. Uh, they talk about uh, they talk about how great their SkyDrive integration is now. They oh, talk about that's how nice. great their Outlook.com. Microsoft is balls deep in with the NSA. They're the first on the Prism uh, program. They're, they they make fundamental changes to Skype. They architect SkyDrive in a way to give these guys direct access. They're balls deep. Out of all of the companies, it seems like Microsoft just went whole hog on this stuff.
2: Or we're only hearing a lot from Microsoft because it's again, it's Microsoft.
1: Well, no, there were things released released about Facebook. They talked about how they were able to get private uh, profile information off of Facebook by scraping Facebook's CDN. However, Facebook has made changes to the way they store data on their CDN since that slide was made. I they see. also they, they talk uh, they talk about Yahoo in the slides too. But Microsoft is the one that like. Like, Microsoft, maybe because they're so big and bureaucratic, has, like, divisions that interface directly with the FBI to provide them what they need. Like, when they're doing product development, they work with them. That's, to me, disgusting. Uh, So, anyways, uh, lots of good stuff in the show notes about this topic. Uh, But, all right. Now, we do have some big stuff I want to talk about.
2: Huge. So, this uh, is the big news. Now, every week, we tease, say, hey, we got a big show. Big show. Lots of big things to talk about. This
1: might be bigger than episode 100. I mean, this was... What we're about to talk about was... Was going to be part of episode 100. Right, but things changed. We did a little yep. spring cleaning here at uh, JBHQ, yeah, and uh, we did some pruning on the subscription list that were like failing, yep. or subscriptions that were inactive. Yep. So in doing that, we dropped 65 people off our subscriber list. Now, Which, uh, we've notified them, so some of them are coming back. So yeah. it might not be... Sixty-five. It may it may not be all doom and gloom, but yeah. yeah, we lost
2: sixty-five unfiltered supporters. So
1: that brings we were we were at uh, three eighty-three. Uh, our new number. I just checked it. it still reads as three eighty-three, but it's obviously not that. Oh, that's because I'm looking at the wrong spot. Because I'm a dope. That's why. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. That that actually fits with the narrative pretty well. Uh, but what it means is we're way down. We're way down from where we wanted to be. We're at three hundred and twenty-four unfiltered subscribers right now. That's below our three thirty-three minimum, and it makes the show unattainable. Uh, This show is the uh, largest amount of effort and production work but, you know what? We believe and we recognize there are some improvements we can make, some adjustments we could uh, to make to yeah. the supporters program, to make it even better, yeah. to make it more transparent to you guys. And not
2: only that, but uh, options. A lot of you have been saying, hey, I want to pay with PayPal yeah. or I want to pay with uh, just a straight-up yeah. debit card or credit card. Yeah. Or yeah, we've got a lot of
1: requests for that. Lots and, of different requests. And also, uh, to be honest, what we've discovered as this has grown is that the systems we're using, primarily Amazon Payments, are not really good at something like this. Yeah. But since Since Unfilter has hit the air, there's been a new service that's cropped up that I think if this was around when we launched this show, I think we undoubtedly would have used that to help fund the Unfilter show. So if you're not familiar with the way we do Unfilter, this is a listener-supported show. We don't take advertisers, and the reason for that is quite simple. The way an advertiser-driven show works is your primary goal is to get as many views as possible. For some types of shows, that works absolutely fine. In fact, it could be complimentary to the content. I believe that's true for most of our shows on the network. However, for shows that talk about the subject matters that we discuss, that is a very gray area when you're trying to just drive as many eyeballs as possible. I mean, look at what has happened to the mainstream news networks, right? Yeah. By, by, by being driven by that eyeball number. So what we do is we focus on getting 333 unfiltered supporters. And we're going to set up milestone goals now that you'll know exactly where we're at and what you get for those milestones. And what that means is that that changes our calculus for a show. That changes who we target. We target those supporters. So what we have to do is make a show that is good enough to make the people that are paying us happy. That means we invest in the important Topics. we spend our time thinking about making the show really good not about grabbing clicks and i think for a new show like Unfilter... it's more important than ever it's 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 yeah. huge yeah. so uh, totally. but we have had so many problems uh, with with amazon payments especially after the target credit card breach where if you change your credit card well, target hard. or uh, amazon cancels the subscription
2: i mean that's to be said you know when you when you try to do a lot of things on your own and you know i i've been there with as well i i've done the exact same thing where You know, I've tried to handle donations and try to set up different tier levels and stuff. And then what happens is when people fall through the cracks, then you have to manage that. Yeah. And it's just, it becomes a headache. And uh, And then it becomes a job within its own job. Yeah. And even then, like,
1: uh, you know, having Angela go after that, there's like, there's, especially with Amazon Payments, there's not a lot of good facilities for tracking that and doing that. You don't get a lot of info. And even when somebody's credit card, like, so we had about 30 people that uh, I believe it was about 30 people whose credit cards were just canceled because of the Target breach. Yeah. And so what happens is, is Amazon still tries to run those transactions every month, so Jupiter Broadcasting ends up paying... So you're paying a transaction fee f- and not receiving anything exactly. from it. Exactly. So we're in, we're actually losing money on the whole situation because sometimes it tries to charge it multiple times. Yeah. So uh, that's where a system like Patreon came about that I think is really going to empower... It already is empowering. Oh, it's huge. It's a whole new generation of crowdfunded podcast and it is something that is so perfect for the unfilter show what we want to do is we want to ask everyone who's an unfilter supporter and anyone who's ever considered to be an unfilter supporter to go over to patreon.com slash unfilter cancel your paypal cancel your amazon and go sign up over come here come over here and if you're brand new it's never been a better time to come sign up because we've got uh, a structured system now so one of the benefits of the patreon system is you guys will see an upfront financial situation because when the current system it's all kind of behind the scenes There's no public display of where our funding's at. This system will be upfront for our supporters. You guys will know exactly what the financial situation is for this show. And you'll see on the left side, we have set up goals that we want to reach. So as we reach certain funding, monthly funding levels, this is you go become a Patreon supporter. You can start at $5.00. Uh, or more, but the, the the just the regular five dollars is the base, and uh, then you get access to the supporter show, just like we always have. They have Same a brand, thing. they have a new yep. interface for it. it's kind of really cool. They've custom built like perks, a perk system that we can participate in, and we can
2: track it. <laughs> and you'll very see, easily.
1: we have the funding goals. What we want to accomplish as we reach a certain monthly revenue point. Uh, the first one's uh, pretty low because we're just trying to recover from where we're at because now we're below our minimum sustainable That's level. The
2: web browser doing that for some reason.
1: Is it getting crazy on you? Uh, I'll have to reload it, but there it goes. Uh so we we have some we have some uh low level goals and we have some high goals that we long term stuff, and we're also doing something else kind of neat. What's that? So we've got the five dollar month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is again patreon.com slash unfilter. We've got a limited thirty three thirty three supporter. and wait, and
2: there's thirty three of them.
1: Only thirty three available. So
2: thirty three thirty for three, thirty three available.
1: Yeah. And I know that's... Not, why would you want to do that? Well, this is for well, people... Why,
2: why is it 33?
1: Because that's just a great number. No, know. I'll tell you why, actually. Yeah, I know. So Someone,
2: uh, someone might ask. So this I,
1: is for people who are really passionate about this show. This is for people who recognize that... Um, what we're doing is in, important and you love us. And, and, we, well, you know, it's, and it's actually... It's maybe a little more dire than people realize. Um, you know, uh, I've just... Moved into a new studio. My monthly run costs have skyrocketed and um, our revenue is down right now. So our costs are way, 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 way up. Our revenue is down and Unfilter is below the minimum sustainable level. So that 3333 level is for people who really want to help contribute right away. They want to supercharge our funding. They want to become an investor. I've limited it to only 33 people because one of the things we're going to start doing for the Unfilter show is we're going to start having more routine swag. A way for folks to grab themselves like an Unfilter shirt because we're really close to episode 100 of Unfilter. It's a one-time purchase where you can help out the show and not have to have a monthly subscription. And we're going to put that towards our revenue. But if you're a 3333 Patreon supporter, you will get that swag for free. As that monthly membership, part of your executive membership gets you yep. the swag. Yep. So if we do a shirt, you get a free shirt. When we do a hoodie, you get a free hoodie. If we do a unfiltered beer mug, you get a free beer mug. That's And you can do more than 33 as well, but the minimum is 33, and there's only 33 spots available. Because, yep. honestly, we wanted to keep it at something reasonable that and when we're mailing out and, swag, and, we can and
2: handle. And not only that, but it's an exclusive place to be. It is very exclusive. It's one of those things where... We get 33 33 33 33 you know what I mean 33
1: yeah I got you 33
2: if we get 33 th- that that is what you know we're, we, we care I mean it's like like you just mentioned where you you uh, we don't have to worry about appeasing sponsors we're worried about focusing yeah. in on our supporters and, and we know there's some folks
1: us. who really love this show who want to give more than five there's some folks who really love the show and can only give five right. so we've got both available you can give more than five you get seven patreon let's just You know, kind of you can go in there and just set the amount. You don't have
2: to. Actually here's the thing, you know, the the weird thing about Patreon is if you want to do, say, five dot thirty three per month, you you can do five thirty three a month.
1: Now, uh, one of the benefits to Patreon, you do have to create an account. But they do the batch uh, transaction processing, so overall, we should not be paying the amount of transaction fees we pay right now, because no. they do a consolidated transaction. They do it
2: on a once-a-month yeah. basis.
1: And if you're not a Patreon member yet, it's free to sign up. You might as well, because I'm going to tell you something. If you don't have a podcast you listen to that's not already on there, there's going to be one I, soon. Can, there's a lot. Can I can
2: I make a small plug? I, sure. I, am I allowed to do yeah, that? Yeah, do it, man. No, I, I, you know, I, I started a Patreon about a couple of months ago, and one of the... Uh, big focuses of the Patreon was to pay for, kind of like Unfiltered, to pay for the show. Uh, we have servers, Minecraft servers that we have to yep. administrate, and it costs a lot of freaking money to do. Um, and so we just went to the community and said, hey, you guys, we like doing this show, but our show is so small and so nichey that we need your help and support. And as you can see, we've gotten to that. We're almost to the 100% servers level. We're a little bit short. So the
1: servers have almost been paid for.
2: Almost been paid for entirely. And that that is huge. That is yeah. That is big. And so yeah. we went to Patreon because it's yeah. one of those independent models where it's not a Kickstarter. Yeah. And that's that's the most important thing here is w- some people may ask us, why aren't we doing a Kickstarter it's, or an it, Indiegogo? It's almost a
1: blend, though, because you yeah. get the goals. So we have different funding goals. So you unlock those. Uh, So that's neat. I like that aspect of it. And the funding is public, which I think is great, too. So you guys will be able to see how much we make and how many people are supporting us. So you guys can kind of do a health check on one of your favorite shows right there. It's just public.
2: Now, there's a couple of things uh, that people need to know about with Patreon. First, you get charged once a month. Uh, and then also they do pull a fee from us. So if it says that we're going to get $500 in a month, we're really getting like $468 or something. And that's like. if all the credit cards clear. Right, and that's if everything clears. Yeah. But the, but the cool thing is it allows easy tracking for Angela and for you, Chris. Uh, and it yeah. also gives you guys, uh, like Chris just said, a way to scope us and what's going on for ongoing content. But not only that, as you see with the larger – oh, I hit the wrong button there. You could see with the, the higher goals – um, I I always like dream. I'm a big dreamer. Mm. I love to dream. Chase has I'm, a dream. I'm, I'm I'm an optimist. You know, you got to set goals. You have to set goals. If you're not setting goals, you're doing something wrong. And it's one of those things. We where have our, a little
1: mystery goal where you and I have an idea for something really big. If we huge. get to a high level, funding.
2: I mean, if we got to, if we got yeah. to this point, first off, I would take down does chase have a job. dot com. Right. it'd be gone. Right. And we'd be doing something so epic and so beautiful.
1: It would be amazing.
2: It would be amazing. Yeah. It really truly would be. Especially and-
1: for our friends across the pond. Yeah.
2: So it's, it's one of those things where... Uh, you know, obviously, you know, they may not have all the options that you like. I, I don't believe Patreon uses, uh, at this point, Amazon Payments. And I, no Bitcoin. And no
1: Bitcoin. So Coinbase users, you'll have to hang tight for a little bit.
2: Yeah. Uh, one thing I do know uh, in, in chatting with the Patreon guys, they are Well, looking, we should
1: mention, we've actually... We've had and, a
2: conversation. We called up the CEO
1: yeah. uh, and we talked with him for a while and really... We got his number. Yeah. And we really like had a very prolonged conversation about how they work, what they're doing, you know, and he really has a great vision. And yeah. that's kind of what finally sold well, me. It, on was, it talk. was
2: it was our one of my uh, we had a conversation, like Chris said, and one of my questions and I'm paraphrasing because it was a while back was what's your overall goal is your overall goal to, to sell to sell yeah. and cuz that's my my concern right is some big We're going to get on board and they sell. And yeah. they're going to sell. And that was they, a great question. Yeah, and they go no 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 we are yeah. true to this we we They're won't. podcasters. Yeah, they they they're entertainers. Uh they one of the guys from Patreon has his own Patreon project. Uh I don't remember off the top of my head what it is, but This is one of those things where you guys can get directly involved and be a part of the show and see where we're at, and it's all transparent. We just had
1: somebody join the chat room to say, hey, I've been waiting to use PayPal, and now Patreon lets me. Patreon also lets you just go direct to your card. Uh, and I am asking, if you're on PayPal or Amazon, cancel your subscription and go sign up for Patreon. Yeah. If you can't cancel right now, we'll are gonna do we we'll do a transition period for you guys, so don't worry about that. But we want to switch everybody over to Patreon. That way we can be as upfront and public with our funding status yeah. as we can. And we want to focus on that because what we want to well, do is build out milestones and goals for you guys and keep you updated on there. There's, there's and there's a other, good content management system that's built in with Patreon, There's too. one
2: other thing I, 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 I want to share with you guys, and I share this with my Minecraft audience, and I think it applies here. I know some of you out there, myself included, may not be working right now. You don't have the ability to contribute five or thirty-three, thirty-three per month. Patreon allows you to enter in whatever you feel comfortable, and you can edit that choice at any time. Oh, uh, so for example, let's say if you can't afford five dollars per month, you can only afford three dollars and thirty-three cents per month.
1: That would at least help us get to our milestones,
2: right? So you can you can you you, you won't get the perks, obviously, because you got to get at least five dollars to get the perk. But you can contribute whatever you feel comfortable. So if we provide any value to you whatsoever, you want to consider becoming a Patreon even if you can't afford the minimum $5 level. It's
1: probably worth doing more than a dollar for the transaction fee. Though.
2: Yeah. But yeah, yeah but, it's, but it's one of those things where it helps the Patreon numbers. It, it shows yeah. that you're a supporter even yeah. though you can't fully support That's it. That's really cool they sense. let
1: them let you do that. Oh,
2: absolutely. It's really nice.
1: So patreon.com slash unfilter. And just so you guys know, from the flip side, uh, I am a Patreon or patron. I guess. Yeah, it's a patron of like three or four podcasts. Like yeah. so I've been using it from the other end too as for for Me too. for a while Me too. now. and I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah. I I've, I uh, you guys know obviously here on this show you we care
2: about independent programming. We really care. <laughs> like yeah, it's we like do. it's
1: it's not yeah. just like a matter of like uh, importance but I believe it's fundamentally important to an informed democracy. Yeah. Like that's how much I care about it. So the fact that they've made a platform like this is so awesome. So please help us Get back, get our numbers back hey, up, and what we'd like to do is get to new levels. And we have so many great ideas for this. Hey, show. Chris,
2: Chris, you might want to come back to this. What, what is it, Chase? It's already up to 3. Hey, we got 3 patrons. And it's at
1: 4333. That's, <laughs> That's great. That's great. Oh,
2: That's awesome. B- by the way, uh, Patro- uh Patreon allows you to put cents in in your in your pledges. Yeah. I would love it if it's always at 33, 33 cents. <laughs> Something, it's like it's at 2733. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could put cents in, but no, thanks you guys, really do appreciate you yeah, joining much. us on Patreon. So remember, if you're on PayPal right now, if you're using Amazon payments, uh, Switch over. Or, or you're just doing straight donations that Angela has to try to filter back to unfilter. You need to cancel those right now. Right. Stop. Hit pause. Oh. Stop right now. Yeah. And then go to patreon.com unfilter. Yep. And make some awesome things happen.
1: And when you become a Patreon supporter... You will get those supporter perks, including that ex- exclusive BitTorrent sync with all of our source files, sound clips, notes, art assets you get access for every to show. All that fun jazz. Plus, you get a separate sync and dedicated RSS feed for the uh, supporter show itself, which yep. is. Uh, pre- and post-show of the Unfiltered show. We're it's, doing a, more, it's a whole other show. We're
2: doing more a little bit of video, yep. in, 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 the, uh, video, video. Yeah, the supporters get
1: video. And I'll just tell you up front, uh, that's likely never going to make it to the main show because of YouTube takedowns. Yeah. But we don't put the supporters show up on YouTube, so we can put stuff in there that we don't have to worry about, some bogus content ID, even though it's fair use. Yeah. So the Unfiltered supporters show has got tons of video in it now, too. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Oh, it's great.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's total... S-
1: Awesome. It's a total win, so thank you, everybody, for going over to patreon.com slash unfilter. I think for a show like ours, it's good to have this stuff out in the light so you guys can see it, and that way we're also able to give you a little bit of ideas of where we want to reach and what our goals
2: are. Right, and, and oh, you know what? I forgot to mention one other thing. What? Which is really, really cool. What is it? So um, right now, there's no activity on here, yeah. so there's nothing to show. <laughs> right. Uh, but here, I'll, I'll show you as an example. The cool thing about Patreon is you can actually – uh, comment and uh, and have activity. Right, there's stuff. a bit
1: of a, like a, a forum there for right. the. For is it for anyone or just the people who who pledge?
2: Uh, well, both. So, for example, you'll notice uh, like here on my page. There's uh, listings here for patrons only, so we can uh, do exclusive patron only content. Yeah. So maybe well, we will. Yeah, we well, will. The
1: supporter show will be one of them, but we right. could do blog posts. We could do the newsletter as a post there. Exactly. I think that's. I think we'll start to use that more and more, so people have one place to go. That will still have RSS feeds and BitTorrent Sync available to them, but they'll have this to go to for the for that kind of.
2: So stuff. So, like too. for example, uh, Carl Walters, a uh, uh, supporter of my show. He was actually he posted to the wall, so you can actually post oh, comments cool. and 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 helpful tips, and you can like it. It's kind of like a, a Facebookish in a way.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's really nice. Well, and it's nice because it's people who are just like I mean, we have the Unfilter forum yeah. or unfiltered subreddit, which is a great forum. But this is, could be a great spot for, you know, one one of the things is uh is supporters themselves have not really had a place to congregate and discuss amongst each other, and now people do.
2: Yeah, and and, and that's I think really cool where. We we post a current edition or an update uh, to Unfilter, episode 97. And so remember, oh, one thing we need to mention, Chris. our right. Content will still always remain free. The main show? The oh, main yeah. show will oh, always yeah. be, remain free. Absolutely. It will always be out there. We're not yep. going to start charging you to get early access to the main show. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people always worry about that when you when the people no, see Patreon. It's not our stuff. system. Nope. Uh, but here's the thing. I mean, now we're already up to five. That's great. Which is great. Oh, wait. We got activity. We got an activity on here. Oh, uh, look. There we go. Look at that. Somebody said. Someone hi. just no. Someone said. Uh, Sean Rodriguez said. Will sync sync thing testing be coming soon? What's sync
1: thing? I don't know.
2: I don't know. BitTorrent <laughs> Sync. I don't know. Sync sync thing uh, or yeah. something. But no. The, oh, the, oh, oh, syn- oh 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 SyncThing. Sync thing.
1: That's a. It's a BitTorrent. Uh, I don't know if you're saying it right, but it's a BitTorrent Sync alternative. It's not quite as full features. It's it, as is it not called Sync, sync thing. Uh, I, I thought it's like Synth or Sync Synth or something. Oh okay. I I might be wrong. Yeah. But it's like a BitTorrent bit competitor. Not quite as full featured, but interesting. It's fully open source. Yeah. Yeah,
2: so, no, you guys, this is a very exciting thing for us. We're, we're totally stoked, and uh, we wanted to launch it to you guys here yeah. uh, on the show first. We
1: were going to wait till 100, but we are in a bad spot with the spring cleaning that we've done, so we really do need your support. Uh, this show is incredibly important to us, uh, but it is the massive undertaking on the network, so it has to financially also make sense. It This is a business as much as yep. it is also everything else, a hobby, uh, people having fun hanging out, but it's also a business, so we have to be able to make business sense and you can help us. So,
2: do so, so the process will work. Basically, uh, and Chris has information based on your old subscriber data. Some of the people, as you move over. First, will go ahead and, and grant you and get you set up, mm-hmm. just like always. Nothing yep. will change. That's yeah. the beauty. Nothing just, will change there. You
1: just now subscribe through Patreon, and you can get the content through there. Yep. Uh, so yeah. All that
2: stuff. Yeah, so it's just a different method.
1: Hey, while we're talking about money, why don't we switch gears to the Ukraine? Yes. Uh, so Russia, man, is playing hardball. They, you know, of course, uh, Ukraine and uh, the capital there, Kiev, gets uh, their gas from Russia, and they are about a year behind on their bill right now. Whoa. They owe Russia three point five. Billion dollars. That's a
2: really big bill. That's a really big bill. (laughs) And
1: so Russia's like, uh, hey, you know, uh, we're not going to give you any more gas until you pay up and you have to prepay. They're like, you go home or pay up. So, Why well, is
2: uh, that guy all grinning? Over there. I, you love that snap?
1: I love that one. <laughs> uh, but before we talk about that, I want to mention, just as a quick follow-up, we, we ended last week's Ukraine segment talking about how Putin said he's pulled back his troops. NATO right. said today there is still no evidence that Russian President Vladimir Putin has made good on his promise
5: to pull back his troops from the Ukraine border. Today Putin oversaw military
0: exercises involving Russia's nuclear forces. He says they were planned back in November.
1: So they're doing uh, some uh, some pretty big, heavy uh, military exercises. And they're saying, now NATO, of course, NATO probably gets his information from the U.S. uh, military. But NATO is saying, yeah, we're not seeing any pullback yet. Still looks like there's troops there to us. (laughs) Uh, so
2: now uh, I just hope they're not just saying that just to try to make them look bad. I mean, are, I mean, do you think it's hard to say, like, yeah. why isn't the
1: U.S. saying it? Why isn't our intelligence? Right. Like, exactly. Why, why aren't we just releasing the statement? Ourselves? Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, on Sunday, on Sunday, there was a vote to separate uh, part of eastern Ukraine from the rest of Ukraine.
3: Ukraine's eastern Donetsk region has declared itself a sovereign state. It follows a referendum on the status of the area, which has seen massive anti-government protests in recent months. The announcement was made by the interim head of the self-proclaimed Donetsk People's Republic. From now on, the
11: People's Republic of Donetsk is a sovereign state. The supreme body of the republic
2: is the Supreme Council formed by the Republic's government and Security Council.
1: Based on the will of the people of Donetsk and to restore historical justice, we ask the Russian Federation to consider making the Donetsk Republic a part of the Russian
11: Federation.
3: The Lugansk region has followed suit in declaring itself a sovereign state just after announcing the results of its referendum. An overwhelming majority of people who took part in the votes in both eastern Ukrainian regions Voted in favor of self-determination. Party's oh. Paula Sleer has been following the ballots.
1: Now, she's going to go over some numbers that are, uh, t- to me, uh, just uh, unbelievably enormous.
4: The final tally is now in for yesterday's referendum vote. And no surprise, it is an overwhelming yes for the right for self-determination. Here in the Donetsk region, the final count is 89% of people voting yes. In the Lugansk region, it stands at 96%. It is also a referendum that saw an extremely high turnout. There were people that were literally standing in some polling stations for hours. The queues went all the way down the road, sometimes encircling the next road and even going around the corner, this is a clear indication of the importance and value that people here put on this referendum.
1: Now, uh, that sounds pretty incredible, but of course, as you might expect, immediately the mainstream media says, this doesn't sound right. So, And I
5: I could potentially see their point. Today, pro-Russian separatists in Ukraine declared independence for two eastern provinces. Voters there overwhelmingly chose autonomy in a weekend referendum, Ukraine's government, however, called the vote illegal, and today the White House said it does not recognize the results. Russia stopped short of endorsing it, too. Clarissa Ward is in Donetsk for us tonight. Clarissa, these numbers in favor of independence, uh, Donetsk, it was 89 percent in favor, and Lugansk, 94 percent is what's being reported by the pro-Russian separatists. What was the voting actually like? These numbers seem awfully high. Hmm.
15: Well, we visited quite a few polling stations, and certainly there were some very big crowds, but I think it's fair to say that this vote did not meet any international standards that we would recognize.
1: Oh, okay, so the vote didn't meet international standards. Now, that's a little vague, right?
2: What are these international standards? Yeah, what are these international standards? Thanks for telling us, reporter.
1: So uh, the uh, State Department spokeshole uh, was pushed a little bit on uh, what these standards are. I love this exchange. I had to grab it.
5: On Ukraine, mm-hmm. given your um, great and wonderful welcoming of the Indian election, I'm wondering what you can tell us about what you think about the referendum in Donetsk. I'm presuming it's slightly different.
14: It is different. Okay. Uh, we do not recognize uh, the illegal referendum that took place in portions of Donetsk and Luhansk. Uh, over the weekend. It was illegal under oh. Ukrainian law oh. and an attempt to create further division and disorder in the country. Uh, it's method... She's
1: reading a script right now.
14: Elegy yeah. was also highly suspect with reports of carousel voting, oh. pre-marked ballots, oh. children...
1: Carousel voting. voting? Carousel.
14: ...voting for people who were absent... And even voting in Moscow.
1: So claims of children voting, uh, old people voting twice, um, you know, and that's it, very possible because it sounds like it was a very huge turnout. I could see a lot of chaos. Improper ballot boxes, voting in
14: Moscow. and St. Petersburg. Uh, obviously, as you know, our focus remains on the May 25th presidential election, which is an opportunity to unite Ukraine and give its citizens a voice in the vote of their country.
5: Sorry, I, I, maybe I'm just ignorant. Well, I guess I am because I'm never, what's carousel voting.
1: Oh, what is that? I'm sure she has a really good explanation because she said it pretty firmly. What is that?
14: Uh, you know, I, the truth is, as I was reading that, I'm not familiar with that term either. I, it may be that people weren't checking in. I'll check and see what oh.
5: what our team meant specifically so children by voting, that term. I mean, it's not like they were sitting on horses going around in a circle. Yeah,
14: I don't it's think not it's not. a reference to that, Matt. Uh, okay. uh, the point is there were some, uh, the methodology uh, and there were some uh, uh, irregularities right. we saw on the ground. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. So there's some irregularities, which is probably true. Um so uh, the US is not recognizing the referendum uh, as far as they're considered as bogus and uh, now like i mentioned russia in sort of maybe a response to, to to crack to ratchet things back up is cutting off the gas supply
4: now today onwards kievs going to have to pay for its gas in advance russia's prime minister says ukraine will only be supplied with what whatever it's already paid for and kiev has failed to sell its fuel bill on time for more than a year as currently billions in debt
1: now, they kind of back down a little bit, and we're like, well, we can work something out. We can work something out. Now, also, which is a little crazy, is uh, I guess maybe not totally unexpected, but the northern uh, Crimea Canal has been currently shut down, which is the water supply from the rest of Ukraine to Crimea. So they've shut down water to Crimea. Wow. Which is, uh, so we have a picture here of the canal, which is normally flowing with water, totally dried up. And uh, what they said is, uh, well, look, that's Ukrainian water. You are part of Russia now. You want water? Go get it from Russia. And they turned it off. Wow. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's playing hardball. Uh, they say that's a, domestic Im- that's a domestic supply. You shouldn't be using it. Um, so go F yourself. Ooh. Which has is- happened recently in Syria, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, your buddy... Uh, your good friend. I have a lot of good friends. Your wine buddy, uh, Victoria Newland. Ah, uh, Victoria. You remember, you remember Victoria probably because uh, she was the uh, spokeshole for the State Department uh, during Hillary's time. Yep. She is uh, married into the elite, so of course, as soon as Hillary stepped out, she's now one step away from uh uh, John Kerry's position. She went from spokesperson to one to the to the to one step away from Kerry, and but you also might remind her because she's the one that said "f the EU."
15: So that would be great, I think, to help glue this thing and have the UN help glue it, and you know, f- the EU.
1: So uh, Victoria is still playing the part. Uh, the- Victoria's in the center, by the way. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know what's been fascinating is uh, she has been all over this. From the early planning, that clip we played yeah. was before the protests in Ukraine, before yep. the government shakeup. That was her and another official lining up the new government over the phone where she says, F the EU. Then... Once the protests start, in order to frame the protesters as good people, you actually, and I have in the show notes, you can see a picture of Victoria Nuland. She flies over to Ukraine and starts handing out bags of crackers so that way they have photo opportunities. On, that's a little
2: too big here. There so that
1: go. way, when when it comes up that you know these uh, these protesters are a bunch of violent people, well, they can they can refer to these photos and say, "Didn't you see the vote? The photos of us going around and giving out crackers and sandwiches, We're giving cookies?" So she has been so involved with this thing from the very beginning. So now now she's hauled in front of Congress because there's a few senators that have a few questions about our new friends over there, like uh, Congressman uh, Dana Roshberger, I think is how you name her, Roshbacher. Uh, he pushes Newland on the legitimacy of future elections, since they just overthrew the previously legitimately elected president, and asks about the neo Nazis that are involved with the anti government protests. And you can, you can hear Victoria just kind of shuck and jive around the question.
8: We did have
5: a legitimate election before, and uh, the elected uh, president was uh, removed after we had uh, major street violence. There were pictures that people of people running around with these. Uh, that were, we were told, were neo-Nazis?
15: First of
6: all, the vast majority of those who participated on the Maidan were peaceful protesters uh, if you had a chance to see the pictures, m- some many of us visited, including many members here. The ones we planted. There were mothers and grandmothers and yeah. veterans. Let me
10: and note every, that
11: I have a...
1: How- I mean, they did those, they did those photo
2: We ops. set them up for this uh, proceeding. I just, mean, it, just so that way we had this. We're being genuine and here.
1: If you look at the photo in the show notes, you can actually see there's at least two or three photographers following her, snapping pictures. There's a guy behind her with a camera strap. There's a guy off to the left with a camera and he's taking pictures and then obviously there's a guy taking the actual picture yeah
2: you can see the guy straight in the background there straight in right. center and dead then center
1: look at the guy directly the guy directly directly behind her is her husband I believe but the guy over her shoulder has a camera strap and then obviously somebody's taking that picture so that means there's three photographers just in that one shot alone so they this is so planned. such a plan. yeah and then so then she can say well look look at the you saw these photos However, uh,
15: hey, however before you,
5: before you go on I saw those pictures as well. I also saw a lot of pictures of people throwing firebombs at groups of policemen who were huddled in the, over in a corner, where people are shooting into the ranks of police. So yes, there were mothers with flowers, but there were also very dangerous street fighters who were engaged in those demonstrations. The question is, were there neo-Nazi groups involved in that?
6: Um, there were, as I said, almost every color of Ukraine was represented, including
5: some, yeah, ugl- including some ugly y- colors. The answer is yes, then. Yes, it is.
1: Yes. Now, uh, one of the other things that uh, Newland disclosed in this hearing was that uh, we're sending them a ton of money. Uh, we're sending them initially $11 million, and then we'll be sending them additional $18 million. Uh, And uh, some of this money is for nonpartisan election activities, so we're helping fund it, as well as uh, a goodwill campaign for the new government. We're giving them money for marketing, to buy a marketing firm. Uh, We're also sending 100 uh, military observers. We're sending also 255 long-term observers and 3,300 short-term observers uh, to the Ukraine. Financial and uh, all other aid also involves an additional 18 million in non-lethal security assistance to the Ukraine Armed Forces and State Border Guard Service to enable them to fulfill their core missions. Wow! So <laughs> that must be nice to have that extra cash laying around. Oh, I, I just don't think we do. No, no, we don't. No, but we just print it. Well, we we yeah, I was gonna say. I, I, do we have a deficit? I thought we had a surplus. You know you know who might be able to loan us some money here pretty soon? I know Biden's son might be. Yeah, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, because he just got himself a sweet new gig. Oh, a son yes. of the
4: U.S. vice president has joined the board of directors of Ukraine's largest private gas producer. Hunter Biden now leads the company's legal unit, getting the position a few weeks after his father's trip to Kiev.
1: There you go. So Biden goes over there. There's Hunter on the right. And, uh, and
2: uh, I think it's... Uh, is that Obama? I,
16: uh, can't, I
1: don't know. I'm not familiar with that guy. Oh, that's Obama uh, in the center. Oh, okay. Here's a little more information on Hunter's new gig.
16: Since the start of the crisis in Ukraine, Washington has provided unwavering moral and financial support to anti-government protesters, particularly those who spearheaded the uprising. Over the past months, Kiev has received special visits from the CIA director, the Secretary of State, his assistant, senators, and most recently, U.S. Vice President Joe Biden, who recently crossed the Atlantic to assure Ukrainians that America's involvement in their crisis is sincere. We, the
8: United States, stand with you and all the Ukrainian people. In time, democracy can be delivered to the Ukrainian people. (laughs) It is uh, not just um, uh, a foreign policy judgment. It is a personal, it's an emotional commitment as well by uh, millions of Americans, Um, and uh, as you attempt to pursue energy security.
16: Well, as it turns out, Joe Biden's youngest son will be conveniently playing a major role in Ukraine's pursuit of energy independence. Hunter Biden has been appointed head of legal affairs at Burisma Holdings. Ukraine's largest private gas producer. The U.S. vice president's son will also join the company's board of directors consulting on matters related to international expansion and policies surrounding the country's economy.
1: Boy, that sounds like a great gig. Uh, and, of course, uh, this got the White House a little bit of heat, so they released the following statement.
2: Oh, was this uh, pre-approved and pre-arranged to make sure that it was checked before ahead of time? Does before?
1: not does not need to be. Uh, oh, according okay. to the White House, Just making sure. uh, okay. uh, Hunter Biden is a private citizen and therefore is uh, free to do as he wishes and is not related to the actions uh, of the uh, vice Chris,
2: president. Uh, Chris, can you hear me that real yeah, quick? Here, hold you. on. hmm uh, oh. Me, uh, oh, there's an addendum. Oh, okay. Uh, the 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 addendum says thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 Thank you very much, everybody. So, uh, is this? So you know <laughs> how like um, uh, the Obama administration is exactly like the Bush administration, <laughs> and, like every single way now. Oh yeah. Like every. And, and in fact, yeah. let's be honest. Worse. Wait, way worse. What do I, What do I say on
2: this show, Chris? How, how many times do I say it on this show? Oh, all show the time. Me
1: the
15: money!
2: All the time. (laughs) You're right. All the time. Yeah. And it's like we see with the FCC, we see in the White House, we see it everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Private security, military industrial
1: complex, everywhere. Speaking of that, uh, there is footage online of uh, Blackwater, a.k.a. Academy troops, in some of the Ukraine, the more recent Ukraine protests. Yeah. And uh, like at first I was a little skeptical. Then I saw it. I saw the footage. it's you know, nobody's as good as our guys. Like our, our private, our our private contractors. Man, those guys are just so brutal and so efficient. Like when you, like they make the uh, they make the new Ukrainian security force look like a bunch of clowns. Like the uh, <laughs> like the like the original Afghani hey, uh, when, force. When
2: you're making a hundred grand plus per year, you're, whoa, you're, dude,
1: way more than that.
2: Oh, I know, but if when you're making a crap ton of money
1: i you're going to be pro, I knew a guy you're be a pro I knew a guy who was a private contractor that guarded uh oil pipelines, and I think he made something like sixty thousand a month.
3: whoa, a
1: month or something it might even been more than that, yeah, it was really ridiculous now, uh speaking of Obama and things that he's screwed up uh, this has been making this clip has made the rounds i've resisted it, but i I just, I have to play it in light of everything that's going down with Putin
7: uh-huh. and
1: the Ukraine. Okay. I go back to those wonderful presidential debates we
7: had. Oh. General Romney, I'm glad that you recognize that al-Qaeda is a threat. Because a few months ago, when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia. Not al-Qaeda, you said Russia. in the 1980s are now calling to ask for their foreign policy back.
1: Well, this is the first time I'll ever say this, but Romney was right. Uh... Yeah, that's all I'm saying about that. Oh, I just boy. like oh man, Barry. Maybe you just like uh maybe you should just let somebody else or maybe somebody else is driving. All right, Chase. Well why <laughs> don't we uh end on a high note? But oh, I'm oh, I know. Oh, I know. Oh, uh this oh. this first story, uh John Micah, uh, I think that's Who's how you this say guy? his name. Mika? Mika, is that how, uh, Micah? I'm not sure. John Micah. He's from Florida. Yeah, he's a congressman and uh, he pulled a stunt that I, I I just got a mad respect for this guy.
7: we told you last week about Washington, D.C.'s effort to decriminalize pot. Well, Congress, who can squash the local law already signed by D.C.'s mayor, looked into it Friday. The D.C. law will go into effect if Congress does not act within 60 days. Not a lot got done Friday, mainly because Florida's Republican congressman, John Micah, brought a joint to the hearing. Yeah.
8: I have this joint here, and this is... um, Okay, don't get too excited out there, some of you. Uh, This is not a real one. It's a mock one.
7: (laughs) (laughs) When asked by a colleague if he'd actually roll the fake joint himself, uh, Micah said no. He said that his staff did it because, as he said, they would have more experience. Not sure what that said (laughs) about his staff. (laughs) One pot fight to another. In Colorado, lawmakers have approved a first-of-its-kind bill paving the way for marijuana businesses to set up bank accounts.
1: Now, this is something you and I have talked yeah, a lot talk- about because this is a huge hurdle that uh, legal cannabis, medical, yeah. or just recreational- Because a
2: lot of banks will not touch it because right. federally it's still illegal right. yep. and a lot of these banks operate interstate. So, so here's, a a little,
1: here's a little more deets on this new banking system that they're thinking about setting up in Colorado.
6: The business of pot is about to take another step toward legitimacy. Colorado's governor is expected to sign a bill creating the world's first banking system for marijuana sellers. Pot dispensaries would pool money into cooperatives that helps them avoid dealing with large amounts of cash. The co-ops would make it easier for the state to track marijuana sales and collect taxes. Banks have blocked the industry from opening accounts over fears of breaking federal law.
1: Yeah. What do you So it's this like a co-op system? Yeah, it's
2: almost like uh, a credit union in a way. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys know about the history of credit unions, but a lot of them were formed just because of their the separatist kind of a way where. They didn't want to be a part of this National Federal Reserve System. I I know they are now. They have their own things. But way back when, you know, this is a way of pulling money. This is kind of like a credit union, co-op kind of a situation.
1: That's pretty interesting. And uh, I I did a little digging on what the situation here is in Washington because, you know, our uh, our recreational- Do you have a Washington State
2: update for us, Chris?
1: Well, Bank of America back in February- said that Bank of America declares it's its willing to accommodate new marijuana-related businesses. This is according to uh, Jim McContre, the treasurer for the state of Washington. He went on to say, I mean, in fact, we're already taking some tax revenues, I believe, for medical marijuana. So it's not a real issue in terms of perception. He says Bank of America is on board for the state of Washington. Oh, really? I wonder if it's not an issue here, but— uh I I actually but then I haven't seen that actually happen in practice. And this was this was Maybe
2: a, maybe they're waiting for the actual stores to open perhaps or something along those lines. Well,
1: there's already the medical though.
2: Yeah, and what has the medical community been doing? Just cash. Yeah, so
1: Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh and and one last uh, bit of business to attend uh the What's been happening in
2: Colorado? Since. Colorado. I don't yeah. have
1: a clip for this because I don't know why they're not reporting on this, but uh, uh you know why, right? I have my suspicions. Yeah. <laughs> but here's, I, I tried to put the highlights in the show notes. Uh, so the State Department of Revenue in Colorado reports that the marijuana retailers sold nearly $19 million uh, in March, up from $14 million in Yowzas. February. The first three months of legal weed have generated uh, about $7.3 in taxes alone. Uh, which brings the total revenue up to twelve point six million dollars retail marijuana sales tax brought in one point four million in january, one point four three in February, and now one point eight nine eight in March. This indicates that it wasn't just like an early rush, oh my gosh, we have a new toy, but it's actually an upward trend, yeah which isn't it's only it's too early to make any calls now, but does indicate that demand is actually increasing, so that's an interesting sign
2: yeah um did you by the way, Chris, did you know there were some unintended con- consequences? Out of all this, you know, they're getting a lot of money, right? Yeah. But over the same time period, yeah. Denver crime has slightly gone down. I know.
1: <laughs> crime has declined. Yeah. Oh, go figure. Yeah. Uh, and also real estate sales have gone up for grow locations. Yeah. So that's also another. And, and also the sale uh, and, and store sales. Uh, so they expect uh, uh, that the- book uh,
2: sales are still high
1: for medical marijuana,
2: though. Yes. Um,
1: that's the other thing that's interesting is medical marijuana hasn't suffered.
2: No, it It hasn't suffered. Uh The other thing about the unintended consequences is a lot of people thought that trafficking would be increased right it hasn't no they yet not yet uh,
1: and uh it's crazy. They also say in here that they expect total U.S. sales to be at least 2.57 billion this year. That's up from 1.53 billion just last year. That's incredible. So that's a huge jump. Yeah. Uh, the Colorado legislature has already formed a plan to spend 33 million of the tax revenue on school nurses and public education on marijuana to help people, you know, give them a heads More up info, on what's up. Right. Yeah. And Colorado cops will also be getting a chunk of the new revenue. Uh, they're going to get 10 to 15 percent of the proceeds and put it towards DUI enforcement and fighting diversions and and helping uh, keep Colorado pot out of entering other states. Now,
2: not to be not to remain pessimistic on these kind of things. Uh, the one thing that always worries me about any government, not just you know Colorado government, but our government included, is when you see these governments bring in the revenue, additional revenue, and then they go and spend it on programs like school programs and education programs, which I am for, you definitely. You know, you, you can't do enough education, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, what happens when sales go down? What happens right, yeah. when that revenue starts to lower a little bit? Then they're going to come right back to us and say, hey, we need more taxes. We need to raise taxes does to that, replace that revenue.
1: Does that happen? I, and I'm, I don't know. The and, well, I does know, it happen very much on the syntax things, you know, the beers, the cigarettes? I don't. Like it, it does well, on well, gas. Well, when,
2: it, ha, it has happened on cigarettes for sure. Every smoker would probably tell no, you that. No, what I'm
1: saying is, um, does the usage and tax revenue decline? It seems like they still manage to make an s well, lot of money.
2: Well, usage has declined. Yeah, uh, but, they're mean, sure. but they're still making a ton of money. They're still making a ton of money. But right. th- like, for example, in the city of Seattle, they're 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 trying to float this idea to raise property taxes or at least raise gas taxes. Uh, to fund Metro buses. <laughs> um, and the thing is, buses uh, the, the buses are not self-sufficient, but the thing is, uh, there was a vote recently to pass a uh, an initiative to raise card tap fees across King County. Mm. It failed so now they don't have the funding for the buses so now they're trying to figure out a different way to get more money from the tax well
1: i think one th- way one way to think about it is the current tax rate here in washington is probably the same in colorado cuz i think we're taking a lot from them yeah but uh, we
2: also have a big B&O tax here that a lot of states don't have yeah
1: um, yeah, yeah. So uh, the diff- they set the tax rate based on what how they think it's going to affect supply and demand. Oh. So okay. when supply and demand changes, they change the tax rate.
2: See, th- and that's actually a nice way of doing it. And I wish they would do it that way here. Like for example, for alcohol, for example, you know, yeah. we just legalized private uh, well, liquor. I,
1: I and- doubt they'll ever lower it. Right. Yeah. So um, and and I I now my personal bet, like if if I was going to put down money on this, I would say uh, it's not going to go down. Uh, yeah. I think it the thing is is the weed market now that it's 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 opening up um, there's new concepts and ideas that people get to play with that are going to sell like crazy like these pen vaporizers and the the new types of edibles that we're only now just getting because of the more people that have exposure the more ideas the more people working on now, stuff Now I have a
2: question for you I uh, think it's I think I, it's going to
1: blow up I think I've, it's going to skyrocket I know
2: and I and I've had conflicting reports of reading this particular thing is it true or not true that growers can only grow a set amount and they can't grow a back catalog of, of I, material. There
1: is some limitations on, on that. And I don't know exactly like, cause it's because not- some
2: people have said like, there's going to be like, f- for example, when sales hit Washington state in was it next month? When they hit supposedly next month, yeah, that once they run out of their initial supply, that right. it's just going to push more people back to the black market. Well, because there won't be any material to buy. See,
1: that kind of only works in the in the context of these growers not cooperating together. But what they actually do is they kind of form little co ops themselves. Oh, and okay, so they they move supply around that way. It all kind of now not everybody does, but a lot of them. Have and then some of them are structured where they have growers who actually don't work and live there, but they can call them in. It's kind of like you're a good known source, and we need inventory. So there's you know there's ways to work around those limitations, but I it will probably I think initially I think there will be massive. I don't know if I should say this on this show. Uh oh.
2: But I'm wondering, Chris. You know. Obviously, Colorado's got it where you know they're 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 starting something new. The state of Washington, yes, we're slow. Sorry, people, but at least we're we're starting something new and, and saying all right, you know, marijuana is an okay thing. Let's make it legal. Let's make it happen. We're going by the vote of the people. Maybe it's time for a a professional show
1: about where are you going, Chase?
2: About With marijuana. This? I mean, I maybe mean, you know we review different uh, you know uh, vaporizers. And yeah, but a show could and, only
1: do that in an area where it was legal.
2: We, uh, Chris, we live in an area where it's legal. Huh? That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, and you'll get review units. Uh, you know, talk about what's happening with laws and, and you know, bring up new. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just stupid. I'm just going to move on and talk about the Unfilter subreddit.
1: All right. You know what? I brought the red book, but I didn't bring a pen. All right. Fair you enough. know, I'll, I can write down a prediction if you want, and then I'll go get a pen after the show.
2: Well, it's going to be an easy prediction. All right. But I want to remind everybody that you can head over to our Unfilter subreddit at unfilter.reddit.com. That is where you can submit stories for possible inclusion into the show. This is where you can uh, be a part of the yep. conversation. Even if
1: you can't help out financially, you can still help out editorially and also just with your contributions with the discussion.
2: Yes. Now, Chris, I know that the current number is way above our previous predictions. Right now, we're at right. 1,290. Wow.
1: Our, your last prediction, prediction was in 92 at 1260. Yeah, so we blew through Book. that. So what do you want to make your new prediction? I'm
2: going to be bold because you know, we did a bold thing today by launching the Patreon. I am going for an even
1: 1,300 supporters or readers. dude unfiltered.reddit.com uh-huh. make yes. his dreams come true everybody make now, it Chase, happen, yes if I wanted to contact you throughout the week follow you where would I go uh, go to go to Twitter
2: okay. I love Twitter I'm always on there twitter.com slash Nunes N-U-N-E-S you mentioned that
1: Minecraft show what I if do. I wanted to watch that if you want to watch
2: Building which is fun and awesome and, and all that fun jazz head yeah. over to geekgamer.tv yeah we all, obviously, you know, we just did a show about network neutrality on Sunday. It was a great show, great conversation. We played this great video. Nice. That kind of explained the whole picture of what's happening.
1: Good. You know, can I I'll just mention my Twitter real quick? You know, quick.
2: you should. Now, you tweet out things, Sometimes. usually under 140 characters.
1: It's a great way to know when we're going live, too. Because, you know, on is live on a Wednesday. Is it typically? You could go to jupiterbroadcasting.com. Or .com slash calendar. And, and, and if you're following Chris on you Twitter. You would just get it. But yeah. Or you can follow me on Twitter. Whatever and you want. And if you're following Chris on Twitter. If you're following
2: Chris on Twitter. You'll know when the barbecue cam is up. That's true. And we're eating me.
1: Twitter.com slash Chris L-A-S.
2: Oh, wow. What a great show,
1: Chris. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for tuning in this week's episode of The Unfiltered Show. We'll see you right back here next
3: week. week.
2: Uh, yes, people. Peop, uh, the chat cha- room is all over the The chat. The chat room is in a buzz right now. Oh, funny, uh, nice. Well, uh, get it. Uh, nobody, nobody uh, t- posted in the chat. Hey, okay, I'm not really a JB watcher, so I didn't catch that. Were they serious about a pot show? Because that would get me to watch.
1: Well, we'll save that for a future.
2: I, I will. I would say this though: we would definitely need to go get a sponsor. Uh, Funyuns uh, would have to be a sponsor <laughs> of the show.
1: JBTitles.com everybody yes. JBTitles.com
2: yes. Uh, The Chris and Chase Pot Show making numbers Brought to you by Funyuns
1: You know uh, I meant to mention earlier in the supporter show Really great overtime folder this week In the supporter sink uh, I've got uh, way more on everything we talked about It was just stuff that was too long to fit in the show That's what she said so I've got uh, I've got um, a CBC interview With Greenwald in there There's a lot of really good stuff So if you have the uh, supporter show sync I would recommend you grab the overtime folder this week And uh, watch that stuff
2: all right, so right now, head over to jbtitles.com. Please submit your titles. Right now, the top vote getter.
1: I like NSA Collect
2: It All. It, it You know, it's a play on uh, Pokemon. Got to collect it all. That's right. It Pokemon.
1: Is, it? NSA Strikes Again, that's pretty good too.
2: Ah, uh, yes. I hate oh, Hey, thanks, Fate. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was, it was a really good show, a good active discussion. Uh, I, I Snowden called, reveals plumbing. I, By the way, Chris, I called the FCC uh, switchboard. Good man. I left a message. I said, I want them to be reclassified as a Title II common carrier. Have a nice day. And they put, they took my information, and it was a very painless call. It was less than five minutes. No doubt she received a lot of calls that day. I think Reddit the same day was pushing people to call the FCC, too tomorrow is a big day for the FCC tomorrow is a big day big day uh a galactic weirdo uh the supporter sync basically what will happen is once you sign up
1: yeah I guess I'll have to post that up there tonight
2: yep and here's the thing though Chris you yeah you can post it as a patreon only post yeah yeah
1: okay yeah. I'll do that yeah
2: and you can the cool thing do about do you
1: get their email addresses? Like, can I add them to the newsletter and send them the newsletter too? Yeah,
2: you, you get everything as yeah. long as they give it to you. So uh,
1: if they do, then look at well, now the one thing
2: you, I don't know. You hopefully you did this is when you set the reward level for, uh, for at least for the thirty three thirty three. I got their address. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's key. I, I by the way, I sent a, a gotta message. Send them in the swag. I sent a message to Patreon because one of the things right now that we have a hard time doing is we offer Minecraft related awards. Yeah, and we need their Minecraft username.
1: Yeah. And you so you like them to be able to have a form to put that in?
2: Right. And they don't have that right now. So we have to send a separate survey to all of our Minecraft Jeez. Patreons. Um, and so I sent a message to Patreon. I was like, eh, is there a way to do this? And they're like, it's funny you mentioned that because oh, I brought up that exact same example with Minecraft as an example. And they are working on that solution. It's nice. not ready yet, but they are working on it.
1: Uh, so NSA Collected All is currently pulling ahead by quite a bit.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a okay. really good one. I don't. Yeah, I. That's good. We'll I, go that. I. don't think I. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't change that. Sorry. I'd go with that. But I'm. i really hoping you guys in the in the JB chat, uh, especially if you're in the U.S. and you're affected, you please call the FCC. Leave a pub. Leave a comment. It doesn't take much of your time. It's one of those things where you know you don't have to worry about signing a petition. But uh, you know what? Have your voice heard. And
1: uh, thank you to all our supporters who have stuck with us And those of you who are switching over to the Patreon I appreciate you guys working through that with us Yeah, I really think it's going to be a much better long term oh, system should, so. should we do a Patreon update? It's right? something Chase and I have probably talked about for We've been talking about it for about three months now
2: Well yeah, and uh, it was one of those things where Oh wow, look at that, that's awesome We're up to eight patrons now, 73.66 We're not at 33! What? Well, maybe I, somebody will get us over Come on, come on, get us up to uh, dot thirty-three. Come on you guys um, or I'll have to do it. Uh, <laughs> I'll keep editing my pledge to make it .dot thirty three all the time. <laughs> um, but no, um, I when I launched the Patreon, I didn't know what to expect. To be bluntly honest, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, it worked out very, very well. Um, my audience is obviously the differences between my audience and, and 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 Chris's audience is Minecraft is usually played by kids that are twelve and fourteen years old that don't have money. Uh, <laughs> but it's patreon.com slash unfilter. Uh, if you want to support the Patreon, uh, please do. Uh, we just launched it today. Make sure that if you're already an Unfilter supporter that you have canceled. You have canceled what you're doing now. So if it's PayPal, uh, Amazon payments, whatever you're doing, cancel it and then come over to patreon.com slash unfilter.
1: Yep. And if you're brand new, we're glad to have you too. We're very glad to have you. Um There's so much more show in the uh, sync, and those keys will be changing. If if, I don't know with the Patreon, if maybe we want to push it out a little bit longer, but they'll be changing soon. Uh, But you can still grab them in the newsletter, so make sure you're getting the newsletter too. And I'll put them in the Patreon. Great uh, thing to see here
2: also is a lot of these people that are supporting us on Patreon are first-time Patreon supporters, which is great. Uh, except for one, uh, one guy is supporting someone else on Patreon. Oh, just... cool! But yeah, no, that's the great thing—you uh, can be a part of the process. And uh, if Chris and I get nice weather where it's not so hot, uh, we'll do a uh, we'll do a special Patreon unfilter video. Yeah, I think we got to. We will. Well, yeah. they, they, they say patrons with videos yeah. do well.
1: Yeah, and especially for uh, the
2: NSA is always listening.
1: Come on, man. We, but we need to come up with something that kind of <clears throat> explains what the show is to people I who are think, browsing Patreon. I, I
2: think when I when I talked about. You know, our special for 100 when we go. I think that might, if we incorporate a special recording. That would with would be the place to do yeah, it. Think, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. We should make that happen, Chase. We need to make that happen.
1: Um, all right. All right. So should we get out of here? Uh, one, one last thing. Uh, yeah, you have a typo. You
2: have a typo. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, a show about the news your need to know.
1: Oh, geez, Louise. Oh, geez, Louise. I'll have to go fix that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Other than that, you guys, uh, great, great show. Awesome show. Yes,
1: um and mostly like your faces.
2: Yeah, we love your faces. Mostly,
1: mostly, usually and from what we can from what we can gather through the internet.
2: Yeah, I an IP breakdown says a pot show on JB would probably turn more people off than on. You know, then maybe we just do an independent show. Yeah,
1: maybe it wouldn't be a JB show if we were going to do a show. Yeah, we got plenty to work on right now though.
2: Yes, well we got we got something else cooking.
1: Yeah, there's things they're cooking.
2: It's 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 in the bowl right now cooking.
1: That's all I'm saying.
2: That's all all you're saying.
1: All right, Chase.
2: Hey, what's that music?
1: I think that means it's time for us to go.
2: Well, you guys, thanks so much, chat room. You guys rock.
1: That's true. And uh, thank you very much to our supporters. Thank you guys for helping us out, keeping us on the air. And I hope that Patreon works for you because we're pretty excited about it.
2: We are stoked and uh, love seeing you guys jump on board tonight. Don't forget, cancel yours and jump on over to Patreon. See you guys next week.
8: Bye-bye. Good night.